This episode of Bonfireside Chat is brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com forward slash duckfeedtv. They are our friends. They are our supporters. They're very dear to us. I mean that uh, with no sense of exaggeration. Really appreciate people have decided to help us uh, keep making cool stuff. So thank you very much. Some of our landings were desperate adventures. We are now prepared to meet the inevitable counterattacks with power and with confidence. Please, grant me death. Undo my shackles. Oh. Oh, then it's true. A champion of ash as I live and breathe. To be in your presence is a great honor. I am Yol of Londor, a pilgrim, as you can see, only somehow I failed to die as was ordained. Well, perhaps my calling lies elsewhere. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And my name is William Hughes. And you're listening to Bonfireside Chat. It is a kindled favorite. Yes, and this week we are talking about the Undead Settlement. And as you heard, we are joined by Will Hughes, a writer for the AV Club. Hey there, Will. Hey, Cole. Yeah, thank you for uh, for joining us. Hey, it's my pleasure. Uh, I'm excited to talk about Dark Souls. Yeah, people this... who... Or go ahead. Yeah, no, mostly because like Gary is like a big reason <laughs> that I got into the series in the first place. Aw. Aw, Gary, shucks. you're my hero. Aw. Um, uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so uh, people who listen to other shows in the network, uh, such as Abject Suffering, which if you're, if you're listening to this and you don't listen to that show, you should, um, will remember Will from our very popular uh, Daydream and Davey episode. And <laughs> I will remember classic. Will from Dinner uh various <laughs> nights and the like because people who don't know this uh will's my roommate yeah um and He's, also noted soulsman yep. part of the houseboy collective yes <laughs> i think we've upgraded to a hive mind now <laughs> it's true <laughs> hive boys <laughs> yeah just a couple of hive boys I, I don't know about uh hive boys though <laughs> because hive boys is dangerously close to the house boys being the hiv boys like <laughs> it's like that's what i i'm reading it that's what exactly what i'd say i'm not trying to make light of that it's just like uh, yeah that's you, what that looks like on paper to me you you want to be you want to be careful i think with um, some with some clever capitalization i think you can get away from that i just uh I keep notes for the show on paper on this so it doesn't make <laughs> click clack noises. And I'm just idly writing and just wrote Hive Boys and just had a real like, whoa. Uh, <laughs> nope. Yeah. Well, maybe uh, if it was in a logo, like put it in like a, like do some graphic design here, Gary. Yeah. Yeah. Like with, with bees with our heads on them or something <laughs> like that. And then there's like Brayden is the queen just extruding royal jelly <laughs> into our mouths. Like, um, why is Brayden the queen? <laughs> uh, Will, Will, how uh, talk about uh, talk about who you are, how people might know you if they don't know you from Magic Suffering, and uh, talk about your relationship with Dark Souls a little bit. Sure, uh, I am a writer and reviewer for the AV Club. I've been doing that for about two years now. Uh, I have reviewed stuff like XCOM Two. I'm currently working on my Battleborn review. Spoiler: It's not great. Uh, <laughs> and I got into Souls. Basically, I bought it at first because I had vaguely heard about it, and then it was on sale on Steam for like 
think ten dollars the first dark souls was uh and i played it for a minute and i was like oh this is hard and a little clunky and i'm i don't know where to go and i'm gonna stop Mm. uh which i feel like it's a lot of people's first like for games that people love that they bounce off of a lot i feel like dark souls is like the and like prototypical game like that uh but then i met gary we started talking hanging out uh and you weren't like an evangelist for the the games you weren't like you gotta play dark souls (laughs) uh but uh i respected your taste as a gamer Uh, (laughs) as both me as a gamer and also a gamer's respect is something i true i i yearn to earn yeah so uh and between you and just seeing more and more about it and realizing, oh, there's something here. And it's one of those situations where it's like, if I'm not getting this, it's possible that it's my defect, not the games, which is a, basically I have like Stockholm syndrome with games. <laughs> uh, in this case, it paid off because I started like actually like trying to play the game and like figuring out don't go down to the murder cemetery. And get ripped apart by skeletons. Mm-hmm. Uh, and from there, uh, pretty quickly fell in love. You know, first time you beat the Taurus demon, you're like, yeah. <laughs> uh, and from first shot. Yeah, man, just like that, that rush. Uh, <laughs> and then from there, uh, I've played through everything in the series, except Demon Souls. I swear, someday I will. Uh and this one's exciting for me because this is the first time I'm like playing a Dark Souls game like concurrent with release. Even with Bloodborne, I was a couple months after the fact because I didn't have access to a PS4 at the time. But and like with uh Scholar of the First Sin, like that was that's Dark Souls 2 to me. Like I it it was very weird to listen to that season of Bonfireside chat <laughs> and hear you guys talk. What are you talking about the the knights get up and attack you. They sit and wait. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it is. A, that, that's kind of a, an interesting case study, too, because we, we talked about how there will be pe- tons of people for whom, like, Scholar is just Dark Souls 2. And then that came up in this season where I thought, like, this version of Dark Souls 3 before uh, the Teapot Poi scandal thing happened. <laughs> and then now we don't. Now who even knows what version of Dark Souls 3 we'll have? Um, the Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh for people who, so I've, I got, I've got to watch Will play a lot of Dark Souls too, which is fun. It's fun to have a guest on the show where it's like I've seen, seen you play and seen how you play and, <laughs> and, uh, and watched you experience a bunch of this stuff for the first time. Blindly so, rush forward and get killed most of the time. Will is an aggressive I, player. He's also an aggressive <laughs> podcaster, so watch the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> we are going to get talked over and yelled at. It's going to be Gary, like shut a, up. Gary, <laughs> shut up. You're stupid. Uh, Hardball. I'll, I'll move this rig over into the corner so I can cower. <laughs> With the house boys. Um, yeah. And and the reason why uh, I tapped you, Will, uh, for this episode and, and asked whether you want to be on this is because you and I did a bunch of bond, uh, bonding over the uh, covenant that's in this area. We're talking <laughs> about. Um, I really like this covenant. I think we kind of co-discovered it. Uh, or not co like I'm not trying to get credit for you getting into it. Like oh, I think we were kind of the first people who figured this out. I just Can you put my uh, name I, on the card too. I just I remember uh <laughs> I remember uh kind of having them unlocked in my mind and thinking they were cool around the same time <laughs> that you did. Uh, yeah. 
Also, my Dark Souls 3 experience has been a little weird in that my first exposure to a lot of areas was hanging out and watching Gary play them. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah. Like for the first like what 72 hours that the game was out <laughs> that was gary's room yeah i, I just kind of stink up the living room for for just three straight days filled it with spoiler fog yeah well that, that's what i like to call my pit pit leavings so <laughs> oh god spoiler fog being my pandora that comes from uh you know from general uncleanliness and bad food I'm uh, not eating a vegetable for three days and playing a lot of video games. So, Will, tell me, what does a stink? What color is a stink line? Oh, it's pink, actually. Oh, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it's because there's a little bit of blood in there. Yeah. So, so it would be it would be like a white fog, but it's just there's just a little bit of blood in there. Gary, yeah, don't um, be wrong. There's a lot of blood. In there. <laughs> that's, that's true. I had to get a, a an infusion, mm-hmm. and luckily my roommates were there for me. Yeah. Um, homemade infusion rig <laughs> hung upside down like mad max in the musty basement yeah blood bag that's, that's what we call old brayton behind his back yeah. queen bee blood bag yeah queen bee blood bag <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is a good uh grant morrison like punk girl character yeah. uh like anywho um, yeah. <laughs> what uh what did we do uh what did we do last time oh, oh gosh previously we uh we transported we warped we teleported into uh the high walls of lothric from firelink shrine where we witnessed the aftermath of kind of this terrible uh horrible internal internal strife between lothric's forces uh, a woman in the cathedral named emma uh, told us, hey, take this, take this uh, banner, and this will get you to the foot of the wall where you can continue. Um, but we were blocked by Vort of the Vor- of the Boreal Valley. There we go. Um, and now we are heading out to see what waits beyond this door, the collected, churned together kingdoms of the Lords of Cinder. Yeah, and this area is where we're first going to see that churning in action too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so this is uh, this is the undead uh, settlement. Um, and this seems to be this place uh, where it is a town for undead, and uh, there's these like these curses that are there that I read as just kind of human misery, um, come you know conglomerating in one place. Um, the settlement kind of began around this church that we'll be going to later, um, and this uh, this kind of uh, this small town nearby, but has kind of metastasized into this shanty town that kind of runs right up to the wall, um, up until this bridge was knocked out. It looks like. Uh, which is kind of interesting. We'll talk about that. Um, and some point, kind of important things have happening uh, here recently. There have been these kind of mass uh, executions and sacrifices um, and self-sacrifices. And these evangelists from the Cathedral of the Deep have showed up um, to uh, kind of t- shepherd people on their way, as well as these pilgrims um, that have passed through the, the settlement on their way to Lothric and uh, run into that broken bridge. So, yeah, there's a, this is really dense. There's a <laughs> lot going on here. Yeah, this um, is a tangled, snarled area, um, and it's going to be hard to talk about in a linear fashion. Yes. Um, so it's, it's really just kind of two paths. Like if you if you looked at it from above, it looks like it's uh, it just di- diverts pretty early on into two different kind of paths on either side of this chasm. Um, but you don't necessarily visit one and then the other. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, but the way that is more natural is kind of to poke down each kind of path and find these little things. Yeah. Um, or to go down one path, find the end of the other, and then go back the other way <laughs> to, uh, to go backward up it. Well, you you can uh, you can do that one one way because there's a one way door. Yes. Um, so if you go down the correct path, you can you can do that. It's a really weirdly laid out area. It's very dense, um, and technically uh, most of this area is actually optional. Um, 
the boss here is optional, but it's kind of like uh, the Wits of Hemwick, where it's it unlocks a very powerful upgrade. Um, you should fight it now. It's also difficult, like balanced difficulty wise, for this point in the game. So we're gonna talk about the boss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're going to take that kind of uh, what feels like the critical path to the boss first, and then we're going to explore this uh, this other way that takes us to just a, a shitload of NPCs. Yeah, a ridiculous amount of content. <laughs> um, so we didn't talk about in the last episode uh, how you get here, um, but after you you take this banner after you beat Vort, you walk to the end of this uh, this bridge that is has crumbled into the into nothing this chasm of nothingness in front of you and you can see the undead settlement and uh our old friend the callback uh, <laughs> yep. come, comes up uh for no like no particular reason um the uh the gargoyles from uh Sun's fortress yeah and uh, in orlando come and carry you down to this pretty much exactly the same they're as spindly they've got the bat wings um, yep. you know, they're, they're, they're white. These are, if not the same dudes of the same, you know, variety of the same species. And yes. they just come and pick you up very gently. Um, it looks kind of like angels picking you up with some, uh, with, with like silken bands or whatever, and kind of like just gingerly dropping you onto the lower wall. Yeah. yeah. But this time they're taking you down instead of up. So it's like, it's a cool reversal. <laughs> it is. Uh, I, that <laughs> argument has been put forth in, yeah. <laughs> not ironically, like a lot. Um, and like, okay, you know, and, and the reversal on this, like the idea that like previously we had gone from a shanty to a castle and now we are going from a castle to a shanty, um, is there's something to that. Uh, and then it falls apart pretty quickly as you continue to move through Yeah. here because we, and we still end up in a castle. It's also in, I feel like in Anne Orlando, these were, you fought these guys too. These guys yeah, they were, were organic. Like, do these guys pop up again in the game ever? No. They, they they only exist in a cutscene. There's probably not even you know like a, a hitbox for them. Um, so they're they're never in the in the game. That's so weird. It is it is very winky. Like this is the example of of what I think to be bad fan service stuff in the game. Yeah, where it's like it's kind of fun to see, but it doesn't add up to anything. Yeah, like if we knew about what they were, you know, from the previous one. So like in Dark Souls One, it, it feels like they are there to see if you passed the test of Sen's mm -hmm. Fortress, right? Yes. You know, they're there and you stand in the in the middle of their halo circle or whatever. Then they come and say, OK, you're worthy enough to see the city of the sun. Right. Yeah. Um, and here, like you've got the like, really, all you have is the is, is, is that banner to say, like, all right, I have gotten the blessing. But does Emma or does Lothric actually control these things or, you know, do they serve Lothric just like they served in Orlando in the past? Later, like, we learn that the people who are here have the ability to teleport things right so like it, it literally makes it is just here to remind you of dark souls one yeah like i don't i don't think that there's any because they could they could zip zap you over there <laughs> they can zip zap things they can they can beam people places um, true although i think there is like if, if they teleported you here it would make the act of teleporting you to the high wall in the first place feel less singular well it's, it's not singular you teleport later oh. too Okay. Um, you get like the people who uh, who are in control of of Lothric can teleport other people. Um, so which we, which we find out later. So it ends up being like less the the one for going to the high wall feels like it has something to say about where the Firelink Shrine exists in the world. Like mm -hmm. I'm down for that, mm -hmm. you know. And you get there and there's a Lord vessel and it's kind of weird and I'm, I'm curious about it. Um, the other teleport that happens later uh, doesn't make a lot of sense to me and I don't know why it happens. Mm. Um, and then this 
just feels like yeah. i mean i guess it is a way to get across a bridge it's a way to get across right. a bridge that to, to make it feel like you could not have gotten there otherwise it increases that sense of separation and it also keeps that continuity as well yeah. like okay i get to see my body actually go over that this is very much still part of the same world um so i can see that being yeah. being a little bit useful there it's not it's then, not my hill to die on as far as callback stuff goes <laughs> but it's like i kept expecting these things to be significant yeah in the game and it was just it was just like well you know when i replayed the the area to remind myself uh and was just like oh no wait these things don't show up again like this is just here to remind me i just want to i wanted one of them to speak in a very deep voice like uh yes the conspiracy of ages has begun anew <laughs> you're, you're back my lord <laughs> it's so good to see you again table for one um yeah this is also like the second or third like big door you open and then just get hit in the face with like the most gorgeous view yet that's true this is pretty good yeah it just continues to be beautiful every (laughs) single time that happens later in this area too like it's real great um what's great is like as you get closer to the ground the views get better yeah yeah which is we think it'd be the opposite but it's not um, just good, good skyboxes in this game. Yeah. Um, you land on this parapet, um, and you can look back at Lothric, um, and look down onto the shanty town in front of you, which is going to be going to be the area mm-hmm. that you have. Um, there's a huge tower off in the distance, and there's a church, um, and uh, those are the two things. And eventually, if you look even further, you can see this forest that has these flaming towers. Yeah, and That's... this game does a good job of showing you what where it's, what's coming next. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, those those towers really stick out, even though you have to face backwards um, to see them. Yeah. And if you pay attention to that tower that's kind of off uh, presiding over the uh, over the shanty town, you see this tiny little guy firing arrows. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm. um, we'll we'll be visiting him later. It's it's the deepest <clears throat> NPC in the the game. Um, the, He's got uh, a ton of backstory, Gary. I, yeah, I know. It's, you just have to read between the lines. <laughs> it's, it's not just it's, uh, just there to to remind us of other characters it's it's the words they're not saying exactly there we go <laughs> he is not saying a lot of words <laughs> yeah it is the words yeah it's the words he's not saying yeah there, there's a uh, uh, 10 words of dialogue you have between that guy um that's not funny if you killed him i never killed him oh yeah because uh, he, he seems like a good good guy um, <laughs> um so you so you head down uh from here and you run toward this gate and uh the undead open up this portcullis to kill the hollows that are outside of it yeah to 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 clarify some of that terminology, because the undead and hollows are kind of so there's all these kind of naked uh, in a, a really great state of decay hollows kind of milling about outside this gate, and a guy in clothing um, who looks really uh, uh, hemwicky to me um, opens up a gate and lets dogs out to kill them. It's this awesome little set piece <laughs> moment. Um, whenever enemies are fighting each other in any of these games, I'm into it because um, it you know teaches you a lot, like tell, tells you about the relationship, and there's this idea that like. You know, I would think that this place would want more sacrifices. I don't know why they're they're letting the dogs out on these guys. Um, but, you know, given that they're hollow and they're going to come back anyway, maybe it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> Trying to marinate them a little bit so you get a little bit more suffering on there. Yeah, get, get, get a little dog spit in there. Um, See, my, so cool my, little... Sorry, uh, my sense of these guys is like the people in the village, I think, might still be a little bit sentient, maybe. Mm hmm. And then, so they're trying, like, it's basically, like, trying to, like, clear up the actual zombies that are, like, banging on the gates. Yeah. Well, that, that could be true, too, because the thing is, um, as we're going to learn about this place as we get into there, is that the people who are, uh, who are dying here are doing it uh, on purpose. Like, they're, mm-hmm. they're sacrificing themselves. It is not 
people getting murdered. So maybe it doesn't work. Like maybe because this is wrapped up in this religion, um, it is not acceptable to have people just kind of tortured for this. Maybe people have to willingly accept the sacrament or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So <laughs> off to the left from here, um, you can kind of you wrap up these dogs. Um, off to the left, there's a really cool set piece as well where tons of these pilgrims, which you remember from the opening cutscene, um, and there were some of them uh, around Vort as well. Um, these guys uh, are kind of all facing Lothric, um, kneeled down, and they're at this broken bridge, and almost all of them are dead. Except um, you can hear one sobbing, and he's kind of moving subtly, but he blends in, uh, you know, very well. Mm -hmm. um, and this poor guy, you know, he does the, kind of echoes the same line that we heard from uh, from Hawkwood, saying, oh gosh, we couldn't even die right. Yes. You know? Um, and this is uh, Yoel of Lomdor. And uh, and he stands up and just says, yeah, I was supposed to die, um, you know, but I could... I was once a sorcerer. Can I be in your service? Um, the design on these guys is really interesting. Um, and it's, I want to underline it here because later in the season, we're going to get to some speculation about an en later enemy. Um, <laughs> I just want to put, put this seed, uh, everyone to remember how these guys look. Yeah. Um, because they have a really weird uh, prolapse Silent Hill face. They look like the monsters in Silent Hill 3. Um, their faces look like big vaginas on sticks uh, to me. <laughs> Um, but even if there's not, even if that's just a collar, there's something weird going on with their neck, right? Like they don't look like, they don't have human proportions to me. The uh, They have these long kind of necks. And uh, here in the scene where he gets up, his wrist uh, and, and everything is very rubbery, the way he like holds his staff. Um, I think there's something odd about these guys' shape if we were able to strip them from their clothes. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm just, I, again, I'm just pointing that out to contrast it later yeah. with uh, with somebody else. They're warped and twisted to me. Like when, when I just get like a silhouette of these guys, you know, especially because they've got those rocks sticking up above them. They almost look a little bit like a, like black mages or Vivi. Oh, sure. A little bit. Sure. Um, yeah. Like with their, with their hoods, which are kind of uh, um, contributing to that, uh, to that silent hill face kind of, kind of side of it. But yes, they are definitely, definitely warped. And they're from, you know, this is the old of Londor. Like this is a land of hollows that we can only assume has something to do with, you know, Lordran, New Londo, places like that. Yeah. And, and it's uh, it's also worth noting that these stones that they have on their back, which we talked about before, uh, echo the cleric set, mm -hmm. uh, the cleric starting set, which has this uh, kind of proto version of this Ninja Turtle shell on, on their back. So there's something there um, that, that relates to where those, those clerics come from. Yeah. Um, but yeah, should we? So let's uh, do you want to talk about this guy? <laughs> um, let's let's get into it as, as uh, without spending too much time on this guy mechanically, because it is a really confusing thing that I think people uh, who are listening to this who maybe don't want to know will want to know. Yes. Um, so so he, he is a sorcery vendor. Um, yes. You can, you know, you can give him some scrolls and things like that. Um, uh, I, don't, I don't think you can oh, give him scrolls. Shit, no, it's a different uh, yeah, person. He's, he's, the, he's the first level sorcery vendor. Mm -hmm. He can just give you the basic sorceries. Yeah, there we go. Um, but his bigger purpose is to uh, offer to kind of draw out your true power. And yes. mechanically, this is a way to get uh, up to five free levels. Yes. It's hot dog, uh, right? Yeah. The, the, uh, hot dog, hot dog person. Levels. Hot dog person. Eventually <laughs> yes. a hot dog person. <laughs> Fuck. Um, and the way Halloween works in this game is if you accept this thing uh, from him, because keep in mind, we've been uh, unkindled. We are not hollowed in this game um, starting out. If you accept, th accept this, you will become hollowed every time you die as a human. Is that correct? Or is it if you die at all, you become more hollow? I think it's die at all. Okay. Every, every time you die, you have this stat. Uh, it's kind of hidden away in your stat screen that's hollowing. 
Um, and if you increase this, after you've increased this a couple times, he will give you another level up to five. Um, and yeah, you get free levels from him by increasing <laughs> the stat. The stat plays into one of the endings in a really Byzantine way, um, which we'll talk about when that uh, NPC gets introduced. Yeah. Um, but for now, it's just free levels. And uh, did you guys, I mean, is it just me or like I 100% this was, thought this was a trap? Yeah, me too. Sure. Like, in what way is this not a trap? However, this is definitely <laughs> like there's no downside to this. That's <laughs> Aside from appearances. Except like... for, yeah, except for fashion souls, which like, you know, wear clothes. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the defense thing tells you that. But like there's no downside to it. It's well, so straight because he's like he's very conniving and, and spooky. Yeah, he's got a super villain voice. Uh, yeah. But I actually really like this because, uh, you know, all other things aside, I will usually choose to take the quote-unquote good path in a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I hope it is not too spoilery to suggest that taking the free power from the devil figure who wants to turn you into a hollow is <laughs> not going to lead to like the most like clear-cut good ending. Right. Uh, I am not tempted by like becoming super powerful, like becoming like the king. Like, oh, if you do this path, you'll become the king and have all the power. You give me five free levels, <laughs> I will do a lot of like I will accept a lot of moral compromises for that in this game. Well, here, here's the, so many souls. It, it is a it is a lot of souls, even though it's kind of gated because uh you can only get these free levels while souls are kind of cheap. Sure. Um you can't they can't be like late game souls. But yeah. the um the it doesn't lead to the the ending. Like no. it's the first step, but you can still it it doesn't preclude anything. Yeah, it like it, it it primes everything. It gets it gets you a a new NPC it, that it, will that will let you start down that path. Yeah. So so it, lets, it more or less just unlocks all the possible <clears throat> endings. But there's nothing that stops you from doing this this thing, that making this what is supposed to be a moral compromise, and it not being a compromise at all. It just allows for a future compromise. True. Um, so it's like it's I, I get what you mean, and like I like that idea too. I like being tempted with actual power to do something evil. Uh, but it doesn't uh, it doesn't feel evil and you're not forced to do the thing that is evil. And that's True. even if the thing is 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 evil, the ultimate act, which it really yeah. probably is. <laughs> um, it, it definitely signifies as corruption because it gives you an item that basically says you have been corrupted. Yes. Yeah. It just I just think it's weird. Like it's not <laughs> yeah. it's not bad. I'm kind of OK with this idea of there being uh, an evil path that doesn't have this consequence. But I would expect it to be much more of a risk reward yeah. thing so much so that like I tried it for curiosity uh and then as soon as i unlocked the ability to undo it i undid it mm-hmm. and it cost me a lot of money but i'm like oh no that that means that when i get to the end like <laughs> you know those, those those gargoyles from from the high wall are going to come and devour me you drank you know? fizzy lifting drinks <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> exactly i thought it was going to be like that um yeah. it is not yeah um I, I would have expected it to at least uh deal with health but even the purging stone um which is has an amazing description it just kind of you know re- reverses the uh um curse build up and lets you feign normalcy mm-hmm. yeah because there's yeah. like because when you take this deal uh I, I can't remember if the game actually tells you that it's giving it to you but you get this item in your inventory the dark sigil yes it doesn't I, tell you which is really kind of cool. Like you just have it in your pocket. What the and this thing looks super gross, and the description is also super gross. It's like a black gaping hole in the flesh that resembles the brand of an undead. Yeah. It's, you just get so, this wound that doesn't heal. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the, the, it just like bleeds darkness. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. yeah. 
that the gap is filled by the accumulation of the curse. This dark sigil will never heal. Um, and there is told a tale of a firekeeper who returned from the abyss and brought great comfort to a bearer of the curse. Yes. Um, so this guy, you have a limited time to do this. Um, if you want to jump on this evil foot uh, and do the bad thing, um, you have to do this before uh, a later boss, uh, the Abyss Watchers, um, which, uh, again, we know because uh, or the Undead Legion, you know, mm-hmm. we know from the cutscene. So you have to take advantage of this guy's one time offer before <laughs> those guys, because this guy, uh, it will go away. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk about that more then. Yeah, because uh, that that does, you know, start a quest that uh, implicates some other people we're going to meet later. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, so, so moving further back into the city, if we go back the other way, uh, we get a bonfire there, and uh, we find this kind of building here. But we're seeing uh, all these signs of like corpses that have been tortured or strung up, um, are on wheels, um, who are nailed to the wall, etc. Yeah. And this these, is uh, straight up berserk. We have like the crucifixions on the you know like wagon wheels that are you know twenty thirty feet up off the ground. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then we're introduced to the actual the kind of level. Uh, where we can kind of go into the storehouse where uh, there are all these bodies hanging um, in body bags from the ceiling. Yeah. Um, some of them have. So are those, uh, I don't know if I imagine this or if it was like a thing because I bumped them. Do they move? On their own? Like w- wiggle around? Yeah, like just a little bit. Not that I noticed. I mean, like you okay. bump them. Like they're they're hung like tobacco. <laughs> well, it's, yeah, it's, it's like you're in a, a haunted house and you go through the room full of like just the hanging things <laughs> that that trucks with your fear of touching things you don't see um but the i i could have swore like or at least this is my first impression and i i haven't really seen it since so i'm sure it was just you know fake but in my mind it might have just been my imagination i thought i saw them hanging and i thought it was like super cool because they couldn't die they're they're cursed but they're still just hanging in these bags as like a place to put them <laughs> you know like they have to be somewhere maybe they're training to sleep like astronauts there we go <laughs> Um, and then there are also these cages full of these, uh, kind of just conglomerations of bodies. Yeah. These, uh, skeleton, uh, skeleton conglomerations here. Yeah. And those are unsettling too, um, because they appear to me to be in like varying states of decay. Yeah. 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 Um, and this building is kind of full of these thief undead. Uh, they kind of remind me of the, the, the blow dark guys from, uh, from Mm -hmm. Town a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, they have kind of like the long hoods. They look, uh, explicitly like, uh, Greer Rat. Um, yeah. I think we've encountered a couple of those up in uh, up in the high wall of Lothric, but they are kind of jumping out from the dark and leaping down from the ceiling. Like eventually they start clinging, uh, clinging to walls. Like these guys are used to great effect for encounter design in these kind of cramped spaces. Yeah, they're, they're ambush machines. They also uh, scale incredibly well. Mm-hmm. Um, so these guys, weirdly enough, are going to be enemies for a lot of the game mm-hmm. and they're always tough. It's kind of awesome. Like the way they don't, and they don't just pump up their hit points. They just, you know, put them in greater numbers make them more deadly, have kind of more devious ambushes. Um, and they're always going to be a thing. Like, welcome welcome to your life. <laughs> These things are your, are your buddies now. These little slaves. If you get their hood, it explicitly says they are slaves. Yeah. Um, it's something that they are slaves, or it is a hood that's sometimes put on to humiliate criminals, yeah. which is what happened to, uh, to Great Rat. That's why he's wearing one of these. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Um, but, like, explicitly, like, Lothric kept a lot of these people down here as thralls. Yes. Yeah. Um, so you step out, um, and, uh, there's a balcony you can get on where you can cut down a body. Um, and this gets you an item for, for gray rat again. Um, but, uh, let's talk a little bit about this, uh, about this square before we grab Loretta's bone. 
Oh, yeah. that's another it's another cool visual. <laughs> this is this is a great set piece. And I love that you can walk out on the balcony and see it beforehand mm-hmm. before you actually have, and just thinking like, oh, I have to engage this. <laughs> um, so there's there's a tree that is uh, burning. There's like a bonfire there. And there are tons of people uh, worshiping it, like a, a lot of hollows yeah. to deal with. Um, and then kind of front and center, though, is uh, this new enemy called the Evangelist. Um, who uh, are explicitly quoting the fat official from Demon Souls right. um, visually. And they are uh, the new, like, tough, tough knight-like enemies. Yeah. Um, eventually, when you go through and aggro her and you have to fight them, um, they're really interesting to fight, and they're going to be a little bit like, maybe like channelers. Yeah. Like, they're, they're significant where they're at, and it's a similar challenge level. Mm-hmm. Um. They are here, so lore-wise, these are people who came from the cathedral through the road of sacrifices to recruit, essentially, um, to get people to uh, to sacrifice themselves. Yeah. And uh, and we know this, um, and you can sacrifice yourselves either, uh, you get put in a cage and taken to the cathedral of the deep, or you burn yourself alive and then get taken in a cage to the cathedral of the deep. Um, and we know this from the, um, the bright bug or the red bug uh, item, whatever the fire resistance item is, because they yeah. dole these out. Like, they're going to burn you alive. They give you this item to dole the pain. Which is such a cool little detail, um, yeah, yeah. Um, but these are very imposing figures. They kind of got uh, again continuing the Final Fantasy IX um, uh, talk. It reminds me a little bit of the Queen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, um, with uh, yeah, yeah, with uh, with the very uh, like the frilly like uh, collars and cuff kind of thing, um, and kind of like the like the robe. And you know they've got kind of these you know very broad um, white faces. And when you go to attack them. They uh they yell at you. Um yeah. a lot of it is like you know, interrupted by the sound, like the whooshing sound of their attack, but they mm-hmm. refer to like, oh my son, they refer to, you know, this bastard curse, you know, stuff like that. that. That's when they do their fire hug. Like, yeah. oh, cleanse the bathard, bastard of his curse. Um yeah, and they also have a laugh that is again very official like <laughs> they do. Um but um uh what's the spell that they do that is like the the, the dark nah. yeah nah. Is, is that yeah. The, the 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 dark sorcery that uh that kind of like follows you around tracing very lazily it's a it's a dark it's a miracle yep uh that is shooting bees <laughs> as you're shooting bugs um and uh it causes bleed buildup hmm. um so it's a homing miracle that causes bleed buildup yeah um you there's a later upgraded version that's awesome for uh for pve uh, the regular gnaw is is no great shakes. Yeah, but but then they also have that flaming bear hug, which uh, will will wreck you. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The like I one of the things I like slash hate about these guys is that they are effective at like every range. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like if you hang back, they will shoot you with bees. Uh, <laughs> if you overcommit, they will hug you to death, and then they just have. Either their big fuck you mace, or they'll just whap you with their Bible, which has like <laughs> no wind up. I, I love that that Bible smack <laughs> as, as a move. Um, they're uh, they're also um, the first or one of the first enemies you run into that is uh, kind of obnoxious because they have uh, unlimited poise. Mm-hmm. Um, they they cannot be interrupted easily. Like it takes a lot of attacks to interrupt them. Yeah. Um, so there are a couple of encounters with these uh, later that like I had a really hard time with. Um, not that, not these guys specifically, but in the cathedral, of the deep, yeah. um, there's one of them that I think is the enemy that killed me more than any enemy in the game, which makes no sense. <laughs> like it's not hard and it wasn't hard when I've gone back to it, but like I was sick that day or something. Yeah. Um, but it was just because of this, like you cannot interrupt them out of things. Yeah. Uh, even like I was rolling a strength weapon and it was even then 
you know they would they would poise through stuff constantly mm-hmm. and it's especially bad when you get like a like a couple of them in uh in kind of close quarters yeah as well yeah you want to separate these guys out yeah um, um, similarly frustrating i had our time getting uh getting critical attacks on them like the 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 angle at which you can backstab them is not apparent because of their their shape yeah um so i had a little bit of trouble kind of getting that and they have so many so many hit points that you kind of want to get it taken care of very quickly yeah. they're very satisfying to kill though because they just like they drop to their knees and then they just face plant. <laughs> Thunk. Yeah. I'm yeah, undone. It is, it is super cool. I like the way that they, they die a lot as well. Um, I end, I end up like liking these guys. And this is, you know, we, we talk about callbacks a lot. Like, I'm, I'm down for callbacks to Demon Souls. Demon Souls doesn't get enough love. Like, when I first saw these guys, I was like, oh, man. Because uh, <laughs> we didn't mention it, but there are also some tipped over carts in the first area, too, which is explicitly a Demon Souls thing as well. <laughs> Um, so <laughs> the, only, the only thing they're missing is a telltale rattle. Yeah, exactly. They got is that a good scene? <laughs> in, uh, in Demon Souls. Um, so uh, again, this is kind of nonlinear, um, but the way we're going to go is the buildings that are kind of straight ahead of you. Yeah. Um, we should probably talk about taking this bone back to uh, Greerat from that woman. Oh, cut sure. Down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I like forgive me for forgetting about it because <laughs> I know nothing about Loretta, and there's so little to this story. <laughs> um we can i mean more, we can more or less complete gray rats quest or like talk about it now yeah we um, can. there's a little bit like the final little step we should not talk about but mm-hmm. so the way that gray rats like quest line quote unquote works is uh you get this bone um which is just it is so the description there's not a lot to it um it is like the bone of like a forgotten person uh who is who is dear to 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 someone else um a, a woman's corpse in the undead settlement was found clutching this bone her name was loretta yeah. Um, it has holes bored into it, which I thought maybe yeah. it was like a flute yeah. um, or something like that. But um, you bring it back to back to Grey Rat, and Grey Rat is sad um, and says uh, they probably should have already... expected it. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's it for at first. Um, if you leave and come back or refresh the area, there's a couple other little encounters you get with him. Um, I really like the one where he just kind of collapses. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's Man, real. That's real so sad. sad. Yeah. That is, that ends up like selling it as kind of being like that's that's a bummer. Yeah, I'm sorry, dude. Um, and the way his kind of quest works is after you visit this area, um, you can send Grey Rat out to thief things. Um, in this first, eventually you can send him here to go, and he'll just be gone for a little while until you kill a boss. And he comes back with expanded inventory. So there's some things we'll talk about later where it kind of messes with that formula. But for now, uh, he's sad about Loretta. He forgets about it pretty quick. Yep. He lets you keep yep. the ring. Um, and then he can go and thief here. So yeah, that's that's great. Rat. Uh, <laughs> up until we get to to later areas where they complicate that a little bit. Yeah. Yep. And Grey Rat, uh, it, it feels a little bit like uh, you remember the woman in the Great Cathedral who would uh, who would go out and get you sedatives. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. It feels very similar to that. Yeah. 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 Were you sending her out, out on a on a mission mm-hmm. to go do stuff? Yeah. Like he's explicitly also very antsy because like. He, like he says, he's bored. <laughs> yeah, he has no. Yeah, he has no purpose. Like, <laughs> what, what is a thief who cannot cannot steal stuff? Yeah, you know. Um, so you uh, you continue kind of uh, through this into these buildings, and there are more of these hanging wrapped bodies. Um, and there's one we start to introduce these uh, these caged uh, things that are animate. Yeah. Uh, we saw these corpses in cages. Now they are an actual trap. Yep, they lure you in uh, with a charcoal pine resin, which is a really good really good for this area. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a good, it's a good thing, but like you walk right into reach of two of them and they start, like they rattle up to attack super quickly. There's almost no, <laughs> there's almost no warning or telegraphing. 
um, you can't really get close to them either. Um, it's kind of like depending on what weapon you're using, uh, it's like they have an aura, like a damaging aura around them hmm. or something. If you get close enough to them, you just take damage. Um, I think so they're, they're just kicking obsessively, just like kick, kick, kick. Yeah, I'm just they have keep like kicking, and if yeah. you get in my way, <laughs> yeah. I, I think you're right. I think that that is or just clawing and kicking outside the cage. Um, so the way to deal with them is if you have a piercing weapon. So if you're using a straight sword R2, or if you're using an S-Stock or something like that, they're super weak to piercing, and uh, you can get you you want to have reach. So a spear will tear these up, and S-Stock will tear them up. Yeah, etc. You don't want to use blunt damage. And, um, and these are almost always presented as uh, kind of like complicating environmental factors. They don't really move around a lot. They can't no. give chase. But uh, if you round a corner and you hear some rattling, that's what these things are. They do have that weird ranged attack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Will, uh, you, Will was watching last night where or I was watching Will and uh, saw it for the first time. That's like they were throwing these glob. Really? They, yeah. Huh. They, they throw these little glowing like juggling balls kind of things. <laughs> um, they fushigi you to death. Yeah, yeah, they. Yeah. But when you turn it this way, it'll show you your dreams. Um, Lying not dead just in contact this juggling, full contact juggling. <laughs> Man, I like the idea of full contact juggling. Like, I like the idea of tackling a juggler. Yeah, juggalo. <laughs> um, full contact juggalo. Oh no! Um, <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah. Um, so there's a little hole in the floor here, though, that is really interesting because you fall down it into a kitchen. Uh, where you get the Warrior of Sunlight Covenant. Yep, it's just a, an arid scrap of cloth. Yep. So that's where you get the uh, the Covenant, uh, a really significant Covenant, is by falling through the floor um, into a room with Estes Soup. Estes Soup. <laughs> Praise the soup. Um, yeah, Estes Soup. What's going on with Estes Soup, guys? You guys got any hot lore theories on why this is a thing? <laughs> uh, well, nothing aside from I think soup is inherently funny. I think it, I think it is just a joke too. Like it's just funny. Yeah. Um, there's a, there's an item description coming up that implies that uh, uh, undead don't can't taste things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so <laughs> it would make sense to me that like someone figured out how to make a soup that like undead can actually like enjoy. Yeah. It's like how my mom puts salt on everything because <laughs> yeah. all our taste that taste buds are dead. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I totally think so. Like if, and also if you examine the, uh, the dung pie, it implies that, uh, that undead don't poop. And so <laughs> they, they keep droppings around to remind them of when they could. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I want to be reminded of exactly two things, soup and poop. <laughs> Double oops. Yep. I, want, yeah. I only want to be reminded of things that rhyme soup, poop, and Greg proofs. Yes. <laughs> Is the smartest hollow in the world. Um, um, but that, uh, warrior, could. the warrior of sunlight uh, is sitting like on a real weirdly placed torture table. Did you guys notice that? Yeah, yeah. I, I, it is, it is interesting. I don't know what it, what it adds up to though. Like my yeah. thinking was just like somebody else had this, uh, this covenant, and was here and got tortured or, or ran into a bad way or was about to be eaten or given turned that he's into a kitchen or turned into un, turned yeah, into soup. soup yeah yeah um which is a really weird implication and then for a <laughs> moment i was like because i noticed that too and i was like every time we drink estes are we drinking solaire <laughs> like did they turn solaire into soup that heals us i mean it's kind of like the sourdough right every piece of it has a has a bit of napoleon in it right yeah. What? Uh, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I thought it was a lot what? of stuff. <laughs> what? Yeah. What? 
who, who are you wanting, Will? <laughs> you, Cole. Who do you think? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's a that, that that's a thing. Like the like one of the original sourdough starters from uh, from France had some uh, matter from Napoleon in it, and uh, because you know those starters are passed forward, they like that's a I don't know if it's true, but it's a saying. Every sourdough has a bit of Napoleon in it. It's what a fun saying. Even... <laughs> yeah, it comes up in every situation. Yeah, uh, your next family reunion, or this is something uh, kind of kind of similar. Uh, like every every uh, drop of water you drink once passed through Caesar as a molecule that passed through Caesar. Here's the thing: I, 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 I swear what... to God that I'm not crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I understand what you cave people talk about in, in Ohio <laughs> near chili mines, <laughs> working down in the in the meat mines, like yeah. trying to create chili for your your. Uh, army of uh for of, for, for, uh, for, for our cornhole teams yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. um so i don't i don't think solaire was turned into soup because we get <laughs> we find soup later too um but it's like it is such a weird mechanical thing because it's a single use estus uh there are three of them in the game that i found and they don't seem to be placed especially thoughtfully to be like oh man soup exactly like it's not it's not like soup to go like like you know where it's like oh soup when you want it you know this is soup yeah. when i'm like i could take it or leave it usually mm -hmm. <laughs> i love soup like, one of them is like explicitly made by an npc if memory serves yes yeah an npc makes the soup um another one is just swamp soup <laughs> like this this soup makes no fucking sense hey free soup yeah i'm not gonna drink soup i found in that swamp um <laughs> i totally expected it to be like a you know to be an estus refill i don't know if that would be oh, overpowered yeah. at that point like oh well you just okay well you don't have well, to why go wouldn't back you just a put bonfire. a bonfire there yeah but like well you know it's like oh if you don't want to respawn everybody behind no. you up to that yeah. point like it's just it's it's great for flavor and it you know kind of brings a little bit of character into you know, the world like this feels like a very lived in area and you mm -hmm. know yeah. it's, very, it's a very lived and died in area um, but it adds to the hominess, you know? Yeah. And now it's got me sitting here thinking, like, why do these flasks magically refill every time we sit down at a fire? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I don't I think that's one of the, the Dark Souls mysteries has never really been explained. Yeah. The uh that's the I, soup I, teaches us so much. It, is, <laughs> um, it doesn't I don't want people who are listening to this to be like, Jesus Gary, like, you know, you uh you're complaining about callbacks so much. This isn't a big deal. It's just fun soup. I also <laughs> think this is just fun soup. Yeah. yeah. Like this, this does not bother me. I just think it's perplexing. <laughs> like it is, it is confusing to me. Yeah. Um, and, and also just like mechanically, it's a cool idea to have single use Estus after or before certain encounters, mm -hmm. um, you know, but this, this isn't that right. Because there, there's not really any thoughtfulness put to where they're at. It feels like. So anywho, um, you, you leave this building, you find this alleyway, uh, that has an evangelist on a bridge, uh, shooting bees at you while there are all these like side rooms where, uh, there are hollows in the streets and hollows in the sheets, uh, jumping out of the side rooms yeah. there. It's a little, uh, uh it's, it's a little lower on Deadburg, a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, one of the side rooms has a whip. If you are rolling that kind of dex character. Yep. And whips are supposed to be pretty decent. Actually. I haven't played with one very much. Yeah. Um, Continue through, um, you fight a uh, undead with a hammer, and you get down past through this little room down to this dilapidated bridge uh, that has a bonfire here. Yeah. And uh, at this bridge is when you get invaded by a certain character. <laughs> yeah, um, this is uh, this is Holy Knight. Uh, God. Hodrick. Hodrick. There Hodrick. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which is an uh, interesting like, and tough NPC fight, I think. Um, well, he, he will, uh, he's, he's specifically a mad spirit, so he will bring in NPCs. 
we're bringing not, in, yeah uh, we're bringing enemies uh, i suppose enemies yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah he will he can lure enemies to you he also uses interesting pyromancies like he doesn't throw mm-hmm. a fireball but he will power within and cast a warming like soothing warmth or whatever <laughs> um to heal himself yeah. um and yourself but he, he just mm-hmm. kind of tries to make this battle last forever um <laughs> yeah yeah so and, and this is your first uh kind of encounter with one of these probably um yes. yeah at least it's the one the one that you don't opt into you know yes yeah he's yeah, also bright purple <laughs> yeah yeah which is a cool hint if you don't know that what's going on with that yet yeah um to have a mad phantom come in have him be bright purple and then just be like oh and then learn you know later like i want i want to be purple <laughs> i want to become a purple um <laughs> i feel like this the game does that a lot like not long before you get access to a new covenant it will have one of their members invade you to sort of see what they do yeah 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 i can think of a couple areas where it definitely does that later yeah that is that is astute yeah um this bridge is useless right now it goes over to uh to to an iron door that you cannot open uh from that side so we have to kind of proceed onward and we fight uh at least on this path our first of these kind of gigantic worker undead who uh who are wearing these red robes um, and, uh, they've got planks on their back, which don't actually do that much to protect them from that angle. Um, and these well, they ones, can't be backstabbed. well, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it does that. Yeah. Um, and they're also kind of like wielding these, uh, these gigantic saw blades to attack you. Yes. Um, which when you, when they drop them, they become a great cleaver or like a great cleaver, which is a bummer because mm-hmm. I really wanted a cool saw blade. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's this huge graveyard that is pinned in with these spears, um they're being shot from that tower which we saw (laughs) so this is kind of the the bad way to go actually like Mm -hmm. you should go down the other path first um if you're if you're actually using this as a guide don't do what we did um because the game is very explicitly saying like okay head down this way oh shit giant spears (laughs) wrong way yeah so so this is yeah this is this is the wrong way um but we will still talk about it but know that you should do the things that we say later first instead it's possible to do it though like you can yeah. make the run like i did it i did it on my on my first playthrough you you um, it's possible to do it too it's just not it's not the optimal way yeah. um to go through here because the, the, he's shooting these gigantic uh uh arrows at you these gigantic spears <laughs> that shake the ground and at this point he will just shoot anything yeah. that is that is over here um but you can ameliorate this hazard and actually use it to your advantage if you come back later yeah um, um these arrows they're just ruinous yeah they yeah get... like they have like a little shock wave that comes out so even if you get the roll right half the time you still get like tagged mm-hmm. yeah yeah um so if, you, if you're going through here and the arrows are still flying um you can sprint and you'll probably be okay um there's gonna be guys there though that are gonna get in your way um so your dodge game just has to be you know really good yeah um and you want to actually spend some time in here so if you can't do it this time come back later um because there's items you want yeah here uh, most importantly, the mortician's ashes, mm-hmm. ashes, um, which uh, are things you can bring back to the shrine keeper to get new items, including the grave key, which is really important, um, which uh, talks about Velka, and we're going to talk about that area. So, yeah. in order to fully explain this, explore this area, you have to grab the mortician's ashes. Yeah, um, you also get the uh, the cleric set, um, which is under a, an ambush as well. Yes, um, I love that a lot of the places around this part of town are just kind of like at a forty five degree angle. Well, like this they, is where the worlds are converging, right? Yeah. Like uh, this is things are falling apart here into this endless void. Mm-hmm. Although you, there's no ground down there. Nope. Like if you look down, it's just it's just endless fog, and the is that 45 degree angle and just breaking apart mm-hmm. here. So this this uh, this chasm that is in the middle of this town, like part of it is natural and part of it is just the world growing apart. 
here, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, you want to jump over to that other side of the chasm too, because you get the uh, uh, bone shards. Yes. Uh, there, mm-hmm. so that's, that's a, it's a good treasure. Um, I wouldn't try it while the giant's shooting arrows at me. <laughs> no. Um, for me, but yeah, you can get over there. There's also a white birch tree here. Yes. It's like the like one like living healthy looking thing in the entire area. Yes. Um, surrounded by embers and white birch items, which are the thing that you use as a single like single. It's like the silver talisman, mm-hmm. a single mm-hmm. use. Uh, uh, disguise spell um yeah yeah uh through this kind of main structure at the other side like the mortician's office kind of place um you get to what feels like a nicer part of town you know you walk down this arched hallway um Mm -hmm. and at the end of that you know you know you've got statuary and things and to the left there's, there's this gigantic open uh kind of courtyard that is full of flowers and to your right there is a there is a big door that you can open up and get to this crossroads um, but we're going to go left here so we can uh, talk about this boss. This is you. You have structured this in a way that is very contrary to how I played. Oh, really? It's, it's okay, but yeah, this is one hundred percent not the way I did this. Oh. <laughs> um, like I, I, I fought the boss last, hmm. um, and it went the other way first, which made a bunch of things easier. We can definitely talk about the boss now mm-hmm. if you want to. Like I don't, I don't. Like it's all possible, right? Like I'm not calling you out. Like you did it wrong. Mm-hmm. There's just a, it's, it allows for a lot of different, and this is going to keep happening this season, I think, because yeah. these areas are so dense and a lot of them are like micro nonlinear, mm-hmm. you know, like God help us when we get to the swamp, because yeah. there's like just a thousand different yeah. ways to go through that. Yeah. There's, um, there, there, there's no one right way to do it. Honestly, I made that decision based on the fact that you uh, get to the next area from the other path. Yeah. That, yeah. Like, that, that, that it, was the way. It's weird slash annoying to me that this other, like the door on your right into the crossroads is locked. I feel like yeah, that's not necessary. I feel like either <laughs> and, path there is about as hard. Yeah, and and to clarify, just for people who are totally vicariously, it's locked from one side. So if we had taken the other path in the beginning of the village, we would get to the end of the path and get to a locked door. Right. Um, this way we can actually unlock that. So that does make like that makes a sense, Cole. Even though I think that like it is more weird to me that the critical path is where it's at in this level. Like it, that didn't feel like the critical path to me. Yeah. Like this felt like the critical path, like going towards the big angry church at the end of the, the block, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, because it's a Souls game. So the big angry church at the end of the block is where you want to go. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah, the critical path feels weird to me. It, all, it feels like a secret Yeah. to me. I thought I was unlocking an optional area or something mm-hmm. and thought that the path behind this guy would actually open up. Yeah. So um, if you're angry about us talk, talking about this in a weird way, I just made a choice. So blame oh, on me. <laughs> oh, no, I'm, no, I'm, I don't you, think I'm anyone's angry and I'm not angry. Okay. I hope you don't think I'm angry. Like it's, it's just, I just realized now I didn't look at the notes before we started recording. And I was just like, whoa, mm-hmm. this, this is, this is definitely different than, than how I structured things. Yeah. Uh, or how right I played through it. I'm angry right now. <laughs> Will's I was always uh, angry though. That's, you know, you just, know. that's my secret. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was speaking more to anybody who was like, man, this, this, this just doesn't make any sense. At a certain point, you just have to make a choice about these. And I was mm-hmm. just like, oh, that was the call I made. Someday, uh, I don't know how it'll ever happen. And it probably won't now that we're low on souls games. At some point I would love to watch and, and, and also like be watch would be fine, you know, as well too. This isn't like just my morbid curiosity. I'd love to watch you on the first time through one of these things, Cole. Cause like, I think that when we do the show, the different ways that we play kind of comes out, mm-hmm. but I would love to see it. Yeah. Uh, Cause I, I think we really do approach these in different ways. Like I'm, I'm kind of curious about it and that is not in a qualitative way. I'm not saying like, God, do I want to see how poor, <laughs> poor people do on Thanksgiving? You know, it's not like, that's not what I mean. I just yeah. mean, it's, you know, it is just like every once in a while, something like this will pop up. And I was just like, wow, I would not have approached this the same way or did mm-hmm. not approach it the same yeah. way. Um, 
Yeah. yeah. And I mean, like I totally got to like on my first, on my first go, like this is, this is the path that I took. I got to this guy first before I was like, Whoa, he's pretty hard. And so I mm-hmm. just kind of looked for like, Oh, I looked for areas where it diverged, mm-hmm. you know? So that was, which just... is weird. Cause you could accidentally just skip him and go to the next area. I know. Right. Doing that. It's super weird. <laughs> um, this is a weirdly laid out area, but yeah, we, for, we, so if you go through, uh, you unlock that shortcut that you can use later or, uh, is Cole's, uh, playthrough the way forward. Um, but on your, you go on the side path to uh, to fight this boss, the uh, the curse rotted Greatwood. So this is one of those wonderful uh, Dark Souls boss fights that does not start out as a boss fight. Mm-hmm. It looks so good when you open this this room. <laughs> um, like I was downstairs watching Will last night and saw it again. Um, <laughs> this set piece is so cool. Yeah, it's just gorgeous. Like it's this beautiful courtyard that's covered in flowers. There's, it's huge. Mm-hmm. And there's all these people worshiping uh, at this thing, kind of. And I didn't, I don't know if this is true for everybody else, but I did not know what the boss was going to be when I first came in. Um, Because the boss blends in pretty well from from the angle from which you see him at the door. Um, It just looks like a big, big tree. Yeah. And there have been, you know, like big trees are kind of staples in Dark Mm -hmm. Souls, you know, environments and especially uh, uh, boss arenas as well. Yeah. Um, The, uh, uh, in the notes here, there's a minor typo where great has two A's in it, which I really like this guy being the curse rotted great wood. <laughs> Hello. Um, <laughs> how are you doing, buddy? Great wood. Very good. Great wood. Very good. Uh, so you walk in, there are all these hollows, and you just start killing them because they're hollows, right? Because right? that, that's what you do. And, uh, and then one of the trees uh, wakes up um, <laughs> here, which is this enemy, which, like, we had to camp out in this guy's design for a second. Right. Oh, for sure, because it's delightful. He's a like a chubby ant with with uh, with arms and legs made of tree stuff, covered with uh, human uh, nut sacks. <laughs> like he's just covered with pustules, including like a huge one, like right where his balls would be. Oh, for sure. It is like he's just got a genital pouch. It's so fucking weird. <laughs> what is going on, Dark Souls? Well, he's got a genital pouch that he explicitly, like, it's like an abscess that uh, at will he will just do a butt pound on and uh, f- fill the area around him with corrosive liquid. Ugh. Yeah. yeah. I just really, he's basically a big giant baby. Well, yeah. <laughs> like, well, he, he's, uh, he, it's like he's playing with his G.I. Joes almost. Like he's, he's, sitting, he's sitting on his butt most of the time. Um, and uh, he's kind of like reaching down and picking up. Like you might as well be a race car. Well, the, that that uh, baby comparison is really great because the way he moves is really like flaily and like. Yeah. He's like Paul Rudd in What Hot American Summer. <laughs> <laughs> like when he when he moves things around, like that's 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 a lot like what what he's like. Um, <laughs> that, that you just talking about him purposely bursting his abscessed ball sack uh, <laughs> made me think of the old idea of a holla uh, segment about taint misbehaving, uh, <laughs> yeah. where it's just like boil tales about when I had a boil like right on my grundo, oh, um, and it was <laughs> it was no good. Um, and I, I didn't do any curse ride great work shit. I just kind of like <laughs> sat on soft surfaces and took a lot of hot baths. But like <laughs> it was um, it was probably a very similar kind of thing. Gary, okay, I think history will show you made the right choice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> yeah, um, I could have been a I could have been a colossus. I could have, I could have had this could have linked the flame as this says Grundle Boy. Um, the so as a fight, this guy is is not my all time favorite. Like it's kind of the first. There's two phases, right? So you you fight the hollows, and he only he can't be hurt in his wooden parts. No, um, you have to hit his hit his pustules. Um, the easiest one to hit is the one that's on his nutsack, but there's ones on his elbow and there's one in his reverse knee and all these different places. Yeah. And they blend um, in really well. Like the hardest time that I have with them is actually like, you know, picking them out and figuring out where their hurt boxes are. Well, and they're not, uh, positioned close to the ground often. Right. So there's one on his wrist that you can get to really easily. And there's one behind his knee, but the other ones are up a little bit. So if you have a, like a vertically striking weapon, you're at an advantage here. Yeah. Um, and while this is happening, you have all these hollows kind of harrying you. Um, and him just kind of flailing around like a baby, um, doing these moves that will kill the hollows as well, which is good. Mm-hmm. The hollows come in though, which is I think kind of a misstep. I wish that you could clear this this fight out and not have the hollows mm-hmm. respawn, um, not respawn, but you know re, re replenish. Yeah, um, I think that's annoying. Um, but after you do enough damage, uh, you know I think it's after you take out two pustules, um, mm-hmm. or just the main one. Because uh, yeah. I usually do the wrist first, just because out of habit. Once you do the main one, he throws a real baby fit <laughs> and crashes through. Oh, this is another reason why you, we we shouldn't go through this path because you don't want to fight this guy before you join the covenant. Yeah. Um. So yeah, don't take this path. Um, you, <laughs> it's, it's possible, but definitely don't do this the way that we did it. You're cutting off content for yourself. Um. So he throws a big baby fit, falls down, uh, and you fall into this area below this root covered uh, area full of bed, dead bodies and coffins, uh, killing an NPC. That is uh, not super important, but mildly important. A covenant leader. You kill a covenant leader uh, here and uh, can't unlock it for a very long time. And uh, yeah, and then you fight him down here. There are no more hollows. Right. And uh, the, the, his like he changes as well because he has this uh, kind of like white fleshy arm that uh, that, yes. bre- that breaks out from his mons pubis um, and uh, starts uh, doing some swipes. And uh, I found this out last night when I was playing. He can pick you up and uh, squeeze you. Yeah. Just lead to death. Yeah, that, that grab attack is great. Yeah, um, I was I was telling Gary the other night like that. What that arm reminds me of is the uh, the guy in Majora's Mask, the uh, toilet guy. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> reaching up for some toilet for some TP. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love the... that it's not like one of his other arms like transforms into this. It's mm-hmm. like there's this tree man thing, and then something like hatching from out of it. Yeah, there's something in there. Like there's a there's a a shoulder joint. Like if you look at it, there's a shoulder joint. There's like an armpit. Mm -hmm. You can see it's really cool and surreal. It's like a different body, like a you know, like a teratoma or like a like a vanishing twin. Yeah, yeah, just a chimera kind of thing. Where it's like, yeah, you know, help me. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, I love the way his moveset changes. I love that uh, because this is where he gets the uh, I get up, but I'm too tired. Mm-hmm. like move where he stands up and goes and then falls on his face like an idiot <laughs> as opposed um, to just falling, falling backward like he usually does yeah um and even even on up top he kind of has this huge area denial attack that's not just you know his uh his his ball squeezins but actually mm-hmm. uh you know he's got these corpses that are hanging uh from the top of him like you know this is like a gigantic tree and he has these limbs coming out of his head that have uh you know bodies um or pustules and stuff and those will kind of drop randomly um in a rain yeah yeah, yeah and, and you know uh uh be be nasty uh <laughs> to to be around um he does this little thing where he get, he grabs his knees and rolls on his side like it is very <laughs> childlike well that like unlocked a lot for me like it is very much like a little toddler playing on um, the way this guy moves um so you, you fight his weak points or his arm so that it gives him an additional weak point here 
um, and eventually kill him. Um, what this guy is, is a uh, all of the curses that are here, which I always read as because like curse curse means something in Dark Souls. Like it's yeah. not a there aren't really like lowercase curses um, generally. So I kind of read that as like uh, just like the misery of this place where people are getting sacrificed constantly um, and some specific uh, uh, people and kind of uh, bad people are kind of being entombed in this tree. Yeah. Um, kind of sealed away uh, because it explicitly says as much like the, you know, this is a place where they're putting curses yeah. to, you know, in this town, the worst the, of them were sealed away. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you get, uh, you get his soul, which tells us that um, you get a transposing kiln from him uh, for the life of me. I cannot figure out why he is holding a transposing kiln. <laughs> um, and I can't find anything online that, is a good answer for that. So maybe somebody from Corland who had one of these was uh, one of the cursed people. And this was a, one of his uh, kind of treasured possessions. And you find it, you know, after the yeah. end, maybe uh, the ability to transpose these twisted souls. Like this is obviously like some kind of, you know, form of necromancy a little bit. Maybe even that was seen as uh, something that was foul or uh, profane to uh, to the church as well. And so they threw, they seal that away. Like if this is the gigantic memory hole, that is possibly why. Although yeah. the idea of hiding this important thing behind an early level, um, you know, uh, an, an early uh, optional boss is good. Like that's good design. Right. Yeah. No, I I think that part of it makes sense. There's just nothing else that really refers to it. So like the idea that it's 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 in a bad place because that's where bad things go. Mm -hmm. So it must be a bad thing like that follows. But there's literally like there's nothing else on this thing, you know, as far as information like uh, Ludlith will talk about it a little bit, but he just says, like, you should get me one. Yeah. You know, he doesn't say what it is and what its place is in the world, what it came from, what the rest of the world thinks about it. There's just nothing there. You know, so it ends up being this kind of thing where you have to kind of do some lore, connect the dots uh, without like a lot of superstructure to it. Yeah, like it, it references Corland in its description. But like, I feel like the game's real light on telling us anything about Corland. Like, Luba's yeah. from there. This is from there. Do we get anything else? I don't think so. Like, Corland is really, really. Un- it's like the Sunless Realms of Dark Souls 3. Um, it is. Uh, it is not explained very well. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know what this is because the other things we get, the things we can make from his soul are explicit, right? Mm-hmm. So like you get, uh, what I think is, is supposed to be Lucatiel's sword. Yeah. You know, which is, that's interesting. Yep, the hollow slayer, um, you know, talking yeah. about, uh, some, uh, mass knight from Mira. Yeah. So, so that's, you know, that makes sense. Um, cause that's what makes me part of what makes me think that, that when it says curses, it doesn't necessarily mean literal curses. It's also this just kind of collective human misery because as we find out later, um, uh, Lucatiel died here. Like Luca Teal ended up here. We get her set mm-hmm. uh, later. Um, or if she didn't die here, she, you know, timey wimey, whatever. But there's Luca Teal DNA here. Right. Um, so that that is a way, a place where Luca Teal could have ended up, which it kind of makes sense. And I kind of like this idea of her forgetting everything and, and ending up in this this village at some point. Um, the other item we get references our store, um, who is the person from Kareem who made the bite rings. Yeah. And uh, is a real uh, shithead. <laughs> Like he is a real garbage human. Yeah. He also made the, the purging stones, which are explicitly about transferring curses around. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Giving the curse to somebody else. So you don't have it. Yeah. Um, Yep. Festered within the belly of the great wood. Yeah. Yeah. So there are multiple people who are being referenced. So it's not as simple as something like, Oh, our store turned into a tree. Right. You know, because that's initially what I thought. Because people have been turning into trees this entire time. And then when I got to this, I was like, oh, shit, is this the end result of all these, 
people who are in rocking chairs turning into trees? Like, do they turn into this thing? Holy shit. Uh, <laughs> but I don't think that's the case because there's nothing else. This is the only version of this that's in here. And a lot of things are, are stored in it. Yeah. They're kind of jammed into it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So, so it's, a, it's a tree that they cursed and grew into. Yeah. Yeah. And over time. Have you guys talked about the rocking chair cur- tree people before? Uh, no, um, but that's like the rocking chairs explicitly show up in this area. Previous to this, like up in, up in Lothric, they, uh, we just have the people who are kind of like semi-crucified who yeah. grew into the ground and lifted up. Yeah. Here we, we ran into the first one. We didn't really uh, camp out on it. There's one in that first building yeah. mm-hmm. um, you go into in here where there are people who are also turning into trees um, in a different sense. Like they look a little bit different than the ones that are turning into trees in Lothric. Um, I don't think they're necessarily different, but it, it articulates mm-hmm. a little bit differently. But they're hanging out in rocking chairs. Yeah. They're just like the a, lemonade curse. It's just a super creepy visual. <laughs> oh, they're great. They're uh, wonderful. The way to Cracker Barrel was too long. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> just, just set one of those up in the lobby of a Cracker Barrel. Um, like you can like... only play the little peg game so many times. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, so, so moving, uh, moving past this, uh, this boss here. Um, oh, and, and just real quick, uh, I found that found this boss to be a frustrating boss to co-op with like to, to white phantom for, mm-hmm. um, because a lot of people who I was playing with, uh, it was the first time they fought them and, uh, got insta killed yeah. a lot. Yeah. Um, which can happen, especially with that butt pound. Yes. Yeah. yeah don't, don't be under that grundle, grundle snatch <laughs> during the pound. Yeah. Down. <laughs> um so um we can unlock that door and that'll get us out to this uh to this uh, big open crossroads area but let's rewind and presume that we went uh down the bridge as opposed to going to the the uh buildings that were straight ahead in the in the tree square where we fought our first evangelist yeah and this this is uh if you want to get that covenant now this is the way you should go right um so this bridge is covered by fire bombers you move through into the stable um, that has these kind of assassins and uh, and farmer farmer hollows guys with pitchforks mm-hmm. in it yeah. um, until ultimately you you run into a, a thief hollow these little guys with the the hat who has a long sword <laughs> who is tougher um, and can kind of move through but there's a little hidden path to the right of this stable yeah uh, which you should take yeah uh, to a place that is covered by so many people with throwing knives that like I died to throwing knives which is a very um, kind of emasculating feeling. <laughs> this this feels to me like an explicit reference, uh, like a, a gameplay reference to the Firekeeper Soul that's in Blighttown. Hmm. Absolutely, that's, yeah, yeah. That's covered by all the uh, uh, toxic di- dark guys. Yeah, because um, it's like, similarly like fucking ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, if you keep moving, it's not that bad. Yeah. But yeah, it's you are getting shot from like five different directions while little thief guys are like directly poking you too yeah yeah well that, that, uh, like they're dropping off at the side of buildings onto you like they're they, they're waiting there like ryu from ninja gaiden yes <laughs> um so, so you're running for this uh you can go around this building uh to a caged undead guy um we call these guys caged undead as if there weren't like a thousand body parts in there with them like it's a <laughs> bunch of dudes uh this guy talks and is very uh confusing yeah um this guy so we should we should cut in this dialogue here uh because it's evocative and weird yeah. Um, Another Nana disappeared. It's a grand and carries a cage. He ever has his cage. And Nana's never coming back. So come into the cage and become Nana's shade. He's talking about his Nana. He wants a new yeah. Nana. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and his really voice funny. is so much more like deeper and coherent than I expect from a dude <laughs> like trapped in a cage. 
It's one of the gargoyles throwing his voice. When, <laughs> yes, yes, our Nana. The prophecy must be fulfilled. The when when uh, I was playing this and Will watched, and every time we came out to a boss from this point on, we just wanted the title card to go like Nana. <laughs> <laughs> he kept thinking Nana was going to show up, uh, and it was like super like I that that put that little uh, that seed in my head. Um, as far as anyone can tell, uh, myself and then looking online, this is a hint about the Covenant. Yes, um, that's what this is. Even though the Covenant is not like Nana's Rangers or anything like that. <laughs> Um, it is, uh, where there's originals. Is, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're hard um, and durable. We're yeah. everywhere. Suck it. Um, <laughs> Guys, did yeah. you just like design a no fear shirt? Where we're <laughs> uh, the, uh, but yeah, but he's he's giving just kind of oblique hints about what you need to do about, you know, something about a cage, right? Yeah, he ever has his cage. Um, yes. you, you continue, you get this dialogue, you go to the other side of the house, and there's a guy walking back and forth with a cage. And we've, uh, at this point, this could be the first one you run into. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's an enemy, he's moving back and forth, you think you got to kill him. <laughs> However, if you get to his back, you get inspect uh, as an option. Mm-hmm. And you inspect him and you get into his back cage. Yeah. And then you get dropped into this pit. Uh, <laughs> I don't know from where, because as far as I know, there's no exit to this until the uh, the tree opens it. But this is the same place where we fought the uh, the curse rod of Greatwood. Greatwood. Mm-hmm. Um, this gigantic pit full of uh, full of just piles and piles of bodies. Yeah, which makes sense because this guy is, uh, and also if you went the other way, this guy's already invaded you. Uh, this is Hodrick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, he's like, "Hey, are you hollow?" Um, and you can lie and say yes, or you can you can be holler or whatever. And he's just like, oh, good. Um, uh, that, that's great. You're going to go crazy soon. Start building your mound. Like, start <laughs> piling up corpses. Yep. Because, because uh, that will be your anchor. It'll be your family, uh, you know, yep. for, for when you go insane. Super creepy. Mm, yeah. Um, and uh, this introduces the uh, the one actual original covenant in this game. Um, I'm glad they introduced it early, but all the other covenants are variations on things we've seen before. Um, this is the Mound Makers, though, which is their their new thing. Yes. And uh, let, let's talk about Mound Makers a little bit. <laughs> so if you're out in the world and you uh, are kind of waiting outside of a, a boss arena for some symbols, you may notice a purple symbol, you know, kind of like pop up among the orange and the um, and, and the yellow and white and stuff like that. Um, and if you bring this person in, um, shame on you. Uh, especially if you don't know what's happening because they can attack you or they can attack the boss. They can help you hurt you. They can train uh, enemies at you. Uh, they exist kind of just to sow chaos. Well, they can explicitly not fight the boss because no, uh, sure. if your uh, host goes into the boss door, you get kicked out. Okay. Uh, man, I, I love this covenant because it's just, it's as close as you can get to just like, popping into someone else's world and then getting to do whatever you want. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like you can, like sometimes people use them to set up fight clubs. Uh, sometimes you can go running off and like camouflage yourself in the level. Uh, you can just like decide to be a bro and just like co-op and kill monsters <laughs> for them. Like I've done all of this stuff. Sometimes I'll co-op for a while and then turn and stab the guy in the back. Uh, it, wild card. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The thing when I first heard about these guys and first kind of learned about them, I thought they were dumb because I was like, no one is ever going to be fooled by these. Like they're going to be good for the first week, and then after that first week, everyone is going to be too wise for it, and no one's ever going to summon them. 
And then I realized uh, it's not about summoning um, and getting summoned as a purple phantom, which you can still do. But uh, later areas, if you get summoned, it's going to be in the middle of a fight club, like nine times out of ten, because <laughs> people people just want to do these huge uh, melees. But if you invade as a purple phantom, um, being able to aggro the enemies in the stage is huge for being a dick. <laughs> like you can, it's just like, I'm not going to fight alone. Like I'm going to find the toughest enemy who's around here. And me and this evangelist are going to team up on you, <laughs> you know, or, uh, and when you're talking about going and hiding in the level, like if you want to, you can just kind of go, uh, use a white branch and just kind of, I'm going to be a, a crate for a little while <laughs> and, uh, just soak up souls, uh, for hanging out here. And then if the person comes by, great, I'm going to stab him in the back. If not, you know, like it just allows you to fuck around. Um, it is a really cool covenant. Yeah, it's it's the most free form of the covenants. Like, yes, it, it, I've had some like really interesting situations, like in a later area uh, with uh, the cemetery. Uh, with hope that if I'm being too spoiler, I apologize. But the cemetery with all the zombies who like to throw up on you. Yeah, that's a real mm-hmm. fun area to like bait people into. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Things are constantly spawning in. It's just chaos. That's the fun of it. Is yeah. and because there's no poison in this game, like you just need to let one enemy attack a guy, or just have him attack an enemy. Like you could lead like a, just a basic hollow to the to your mark. If your mark attacks that hollow, start hitting him because <laughs> you're just going to get that whole chain off. Yeah, you know, like you are probably going to get that entire combo off. Um, so th- I had a lot of fun just being an absolute dickhead. Uh, with these guys, mostly in this area. And then I, I kind of, I did it less as I moved on because I kept getting summoned in areas where there's like six phantoms mm-hmm. and I, I'm, you know, it, I'm not as into these, uh, these big melees yeah. um, as, as I am uh, into just kind of uh, being a real jerk. Yeah. Uh, how I've changed since Dark Souls 1. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, yeah. it's definitely fun to try. Like I have a gimmick guy that is, you know, just meant to look goofy and uh, go around and do this. Uh, but yeah, I, I Good. A real quick gimmick guy. Um, I read a, a thing online where somebody um, told a story about a mound maker that they found whose name was Fashion Police. <laughs> and you summon Fashion Police in. Uh, he, like, walks around you slowly um, and then uh, drops a piece of gear that would look better with your current gear. <laughs> like, he gives you, like, a rating, like, points up or down or something like that. And if he points down, like, and the, the person who's telling the story was like, and I, I won't be able to find this. It was just a Twitter link from, like, weeks ago. But um, who's telling the story uh, said that the, he just dropped a helmet. And then when she put on the helmet, it looked so much better than her current helmet. And then the mound maker just, like, black crystalled out. Yep. And then both um, of them got banned. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's probably true. Um, the uh, uh, But just, uh, you know, it's a really cool. You're able to do weird, weirdo shit mm-hmm. with these guys. Yeah. I'm way into it. Me too. Yeah. Um, I do wish there was like a ring you could put on that like disguised your summon signal. But (laughs) yeah, it is so, uh, it is kind of nobody, again, nobody will be fooled with it. They even give you a warning when you're going to summon in a purple phantom. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's like when you click on it, it says this will summon in a mad phantom. Do you really (laughs) want to do this? Um, well, and here, here's the thing. I want to leave it to you guys. Uh, if I'm feeling saucy, which is about, you know, 95% of the time, if I, <laughs> and, and I see one of these, I'll, I'll summon them in. It's kind of like throwing the dragon, bro, uh, dragon bros a bone, you know, mm-hmm. it's yeah. like, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not in a hurry today. So I'm just going to yeah. uh, like, let's see what's up. I want to see what you want to do. Yeah, it is. It is fun because you do get those weirdo things. It's not always just PVP. Yeah. Like usually I don't, uh, the, the invite PVP, like the red mm-hmm. signs and stuff. I don't usually click on because I am a casual PV player at be- PVP player at best. Mm-hmm. So those people I feel like are dedicated to it and yeah. are probably very good at it. And that's the game for them. 
So I'm just going to end up getting killed really fast you yeah. know, with those things. Um, I like PvP that occurs like the times I've won and had fun, I ha- get the sense that the person I'm fighting is not like a professional PvP guy. Yeah. Uh, partly because I win sometimes <laughs> and I'm not very good at it. Oh, that's a, another fun place to mound make because I'm terrible at PvP too. I just have to like set up interesting scenarios. But you can draw people into the the archers like target range. Ooh, yeah. That's that's <laughs> fun because you're getting hit by it too, but it's just running around like dodging desperately and occasionally getting in a hit. <laughs> that's real fun. Yeah. I'm I'm a pro with these guys. Yeah. Um if you go to them at this point, uh, you had to homeward bone out, which is a little bit sloppy. Because uh, it's before the bonfire spawns after you beat the boss. Yeah, um, but he, uh, but the, but he'll give you one. Hodrick will give you a give you a homer. Yeah, yeah. You don't get trapped. Um, if you don't go down here, if you go the other way, um, you head towards this area that is a, a gallows, an execution zone, um, where there it's covered with these oil barrels, and there's guys up top throwing uh, firebombs mm-hmm. down at them, trying to blow you up. I noticed as so I I used a firebomb to blow up these uh, these oil barrels um, barrels, and they are uh, they're full of bodies. Like there are body mm. parts and heads and stuff in them. That's pretty great. Like yeah. being like cured in oil. Maybe. Because we know what they're, well, we know what they're <laughs> going to be used for later. They're sardines, man. Yep. Like that, that's, that's explicitly what's going to happen. Yep. Um, yeah. This is, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, this, uh, but this is a gigantic trap um, because mm-hmm. this whole place will light up like a candle once those uh, roof guys uh, have their say. Yes. Um, you can jump down to uh, a bonfire down there. Um, where there are a couple of guys and you go into this uh, this building where there's a bonfire. This is the bonfire I like to do boss runs from oh, yeah. for this area. And uh, this allows you to get up on top of that building where those firebombs gar- firebomb guys are and unlock another NPC because there are tons of NPCs here. Uh, <laughs> this is uh, Cornix of the Great Swamp, yes. who is your pyromancer trainer. Yeah, I like this guy. Um, he continues the uh, he, he continues the tradition of pyromancer trainers being solid bros. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's not a lot to him. There's no quest. And when you talk to him, the only kind of like personality stuff you get is this idea of identifying as a teacher. Mm-hmm. Like he talks a lot about how like, you know, a teacher isn't anything without a pupil. Like you get the sense that he really wanted an apprentice. Yeah. Um, and he got it. And <laughs> yay. Um, there's, there's not really any other wrinkles to him. Yeah. Um, it's just uh, that's him and, and hooray. Yeah. Um, and we should probably talk about this, too. You know, he is one of the spellbenders that uh, will have an initial inventory, um, but you can find scrolls and stuff later on yes. um, to bring um, to bring to him. Although there are some that are kind of beyond his ken. Yeah. All of the uh, inventories in the game other than one are dynamic, right. um, which is kind of cool. Like he, mm-hmm. as you progress through the game, it unlocks more stuff to buy. And that's a really cool way to do that system. And similar to the badges and in, uh, in Bloodborne. Um, but that was an elegant system there, too. Yeah. Yeah, so you can proceed yeah. into this gigantic uh, kind of cross uh, crossroads area um, mm-hmm. here. I believe that's I believe that's where we're at, um, and uh, get to you know work your way back around. There's a bridge you can cross. I'll get to the tower, but we really want to go into the sewer. Um, yes. Not not just because mm-hmm. there's a shortcut here that again makes this area kind of smaller. Um, back to the dilapidated bridge, um, but uh, yeah, there's some important stuff down here. Yeah, can yeah. I take a second to complain about something? Yes. Yes. So uh, I feel like Gary Dark keeps Souls... pissing on the floor in the bathroom. I don't like <laughs> yeah. that. I, no, I like that. It's like. Okay. okay. <laughs> Thank God. I did it for you, Dad. Uh, <laughs> uh, I feel like this takes a note from Bloodborne and that there's a lot more patrolling enemies. Like, you know, mm. enemies who have like their route. And through this area, like we haven't talked about that bridge yet, but there's a, a little like congregation 
of a uh, go the big ladies with the maces. Whose name evangelist, is. like a hunting party with the evangelist and dogs and a couple mm-hmm. of hollows. Yeah. Uh, the thing about that those patrols is if you are doing a lot of uh, covenant stuff, when you load back into the area, they reset. Mm. That sucks. Mm. Yeah. Like uh, when I would be doing the the run over that bridge, I would uh, like a lot of times in this area, I would just throw down my sign. And then just like go do other stuff, <laughs> and you get grabbed pretty fast if you're putting down a, like a mound maker sign in this area. Yeah, and I would just about get to that bridge, and the patrol would have already gone by. And then when I came back into my world, massive monster party because mm-hmm. the patrol yeah, like had just like, reverted to where it was, where its starting point is. It just feels sloppy. It, for this one, it's kind of. I feel like it's kind of sloppy because you're not. Um, if you don't want to deal with it, it's just it's a time tax. Uh-huh. Like you can just wait for them to go by. It's not like it's other than with that weird uh, things getting reset. It's unlikely they're going to come upon you. You know, it doesn't add like pressure or anything. It doesn't add very much here. It makes the world feel a little bit more alive, but it doesn't. Uh, the angle you're likely to come at these things from, you can just kind of observe and wait for them to pass if you want. And if you're making the run um, out from this uh, this sewer over and over to this kind of hard encounter with this area we're going to talk about after this after the sewers, um, it is becomes kind of a pain to do, because even if you don't want to wait for it because you don't want to fight it, it's still too many things to fight at once. Like fighting dogs <laughs> and an evangelist at the same time is is bad news, yeah, because uh, those things hit hard. So I can I, I definitely I, I think I'm on board with that. Like I think it is uh is frustrating. So. Like I like the idea of enemies moving around. It's just the implementation to me is a little. If yeah, in a couple spots. Yeah, it's also just like the enemy density here is just really, really huge and kind of uh, thoughtless. Is it with this little encounter? Like, there's not a lot to this. It's just kind of like here's a thousand guys walking around. <laughs> yeah. Um, All right. Oh, End oh. complaint. Back to the funniest <laughs> moment in the entire game. Although that is one of the oh. places where you find the, uh, the 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 giant guys who have the pots that are full of organs. Oh yeah, yeah, throwing <laughs> the organ pots at you. Yeah. yeah. Um, moving down into the sewer. Um, it is a sewer full of rats. And at the end of it, there's this big fog <laughs> uh, at the end. No, it's and, rat dander. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's just rat dander. Yeah, it's rat dander. Um, you kind of move through. You take your, your allergy medication, walk into the rat dander. <laughs> and uh, as you approach this fog, uh, a giant rat emerges from it. Yeah, or, <laughs> or an old buddy from the depths. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, this is a fun fight. I like this a lot. Well, and it's just, it's just, it's great. Like, it's just like, cause it's just like little rats and you're like, oh, I, I got this. Yeah. And then just like, <laughs> I thought that, I thought that I could, uh, open up the door with the grave key, um, to just kind of mm. like skip that. And no, he, uh, he attacked me and ended up inside the, uh, the, the narrow tunnel oh, at really? the bottom of the ladder. So I had to get a, a, a drop attack on him. He's a big boy. How yeah. did he get in there? I don't know. It made no sense. Oh yeah. I, I, I just love the moment of like this fog and you're like, something's in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <a> giant rat <laughs> uh this is where uh, you'll get your cestus too yeah yeah uh past the rat um is the door we went to the other side this unlocks the uh to the bridge bonfire to get yeah. down here but we have the velka key because we went and got the mortician's ashes yeah so we can go down further into the sewer here so remember uh-huh. all that stuff about velka being the crow um in the beginning and velka being this unseen force of vengeance who you know was incorporeal mm-hmm. but you know presided over this uh this kind of domain beyond the painted world uh no just a lady 
Nope. It is. So I don't think Velka was ever the crow. I think the crow was a servant because mm. the, I was, I was actually I've heard, like talking I've heard, about this. I've heard Velka being the crow. I've, I've heard that one out there before. Oh yeah. 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 I, I never thought that Velka was the crow. I just think that she has an affinity for crows mm-hmm. um, because there's, there is a statue of Velka or I, that statue in the painted world that like pivots to unlock the path forward. Mm-hmm. I always thought that was a statue of Velka, yeah. um, which is not the same statue as this, but I always thought Velka was, you know, was a person or like as much a person as anyone is a person in this game, right. like as much a person as Gwen, um, but just had an affinity with, with crows. Right. Um, and it's kind of like, I'm actually okay with this kind of callback to just having there be like this one vestige of this old religion mm-hmm. that still has this ability. Yeah. That's like um, hidden away. Yeah. There's, there's like almost nothing else that's Velka-y in right. the game. Um, but this kind of like in the sewer is like next to a soiled loincloth. <laughs> there's this, uh, <laughs> This old, this old religion. Yeah. Um, but there's not more Velka stuff. I thought like there's, um, there's an enemy later that I thought was kind of connected and I still think maybe is, mm-hmm. uh, but if so, it's a weird kind of stretch. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure. Yeah. But I, I like the idea of, you know, just, uh, kind of taking, taking the gods down to size. I mean, you know, yeah. it's a huge thing in Dark Souls one, how the gods are just people who happen to find some magnificent, magnificent power. And then here she is, you know, still after all these eons, uh, strong enough to, um cure your sin you know yeah and and so this is where you go if you accidentally attack somebody in their hostel and you want to uh to undo that um it will also get rid of your hollowing it acts as a purging stone mm-hmm. uh doing this the uh uh so i did, didn't go down here for a long time because i was like i don't need velka you know <laughs> and i didn't i kept forgetting to buy the key but you do want there's a lot more than velka down here oh, for sure um you want to head down there's just like there's a lot more than corn in indiana there's a lot more <laughs> Velka in these sewers. Um, <laughs> you head down. <laughs> um, oh, that crow. You, you head down here. You fight a bunch of skeletons. Um, Wait, is the crow from Indiana Beach Velka? Oh shit! Oh, you're right. Shit. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I didn't even think about that. Yep. <laughs> you probably forget those fucking little shits. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, these skeletons are great. Um, not just yeah. because they are the self-assembling kind, but because they have uh, they have branches growing out of their heads. Yes. Uh, so it's another thing that can happen as you're turning into a tree. <laughs> you can die and become an animate skeleton down here. Um, you get some some kind of minor treasures down here fighting all these skeletons. But the big thing is you get to the end, uh, to this outside area um, that eventually leads into this crypt. Yeah. Um, where we meet an NPC, uh, Irina of Kareem. Yep. Irina's great. I like Irina. Yeah, I like Arena too. I think this is the most uh, pathos that an NPC quest gets mm-hmm. uh, in in this game. Um, well, as the season goes on, I'm going to talk a lot about like you guys. People are listening to this hearing get sick of me talking about the NPC quest in this game because I have a lot <laughs> of thoughts about them. Um, this is one of the strongest ones, or, or half of this is one of the strongest ones. Yeah, mm. uh, the other half is uh, monumentally disappointing. <laughs> um, so when you get her, she is blind, and she's just like, "Hey, please touch me." There are these little creatures nibbling at my flesh. Yeah touch me and let me know that you're there um, and stuff. And it just, it's like super heartbreaking. Yeah. You know, like the voice acting really sells it. It's very sad. And, it's and, also uh, like bait for the worst of the, like try middle finger, then try. Oh long finger. yeah. <laughs> try middle finger, then butthole. Yeah. 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 Uh, like if I could eliminate every sexist soap sign message from <laughs> so, soap soap message, because I am so sick of just, there's a woman and it's just like try woman, then two handed or whatever. It's like, like that, you know, shit was Demon Souls, man. Like Demon <laughs> Souls included sticky white stuff in the, uh, the soapstone messages. So you could get that out of your system. And here it is like five <laughs> games later and you're still pulling that shit. Yeah. 
stop it, boys. Just get funnier, you know? <laughs> exactly. Like, like you can, you, there's, there's better humor than just like literally butthole. <laughs> like, I, man, I talk about buttholes on the ranch. Oh. Like, I like, it is not, that word comes out of my mouth constantly, <laughs> but it's not just like, Hey, here's a woman. What about her butthole? You know, <laughs> that's a pretty funny joke a though. <laughs> well, here's a woman what about her butthole. Yeah. <laughs> like, and just take it out of context. If you remove the yeah. shittiness from it. Yeah. <laughs> you can never remove the shittiness from it. Oh yeah. The butthole, <laughs> the, um, Anywho, <laughs> but um, yeah, just like these little creatures, because we know firekeepers have a, a kind of a weird relationship with humanity and the sprites and stuff like that. Um, yeah. You know, and, you know, being blind and kind of, you know, cut loose from any contact. Uh, it's like this is a, a startling moment of intimacy in the way she reacts to it. Like, you know, you are doing her a genuine kindness by saying, like, yes, you are not floating in the void. You're here. I'm here. Let's do this. Yes. And uh we can invite her back. Yeah, she to wanted to be a, She wanted to be a firekeeper, but she failed. But she will be a miracle trainer. Yeah. Um. So she's kind of a mashup of uh, Rhea, um, and um, Astrea actually, because outside we find her knight, uh, Aegon, the knight of Cream, who visually quotes uh, a Garl Vinland, mm-hmm. and uh, he, uh, you know, is kind of tired of looking after her and says like, "Hey, I'm going to be your ally as long as she's kept safe. Like, I will go with you, and I will go." Firelink as well, but here's our deal. It's very simple. <laughs> you have to keep her safe, right? Um, and then it's like, okay. And he kind of plays out differently if you come at this from a different angle. Yeah. Yes. Uh, because like, if you go over that bridge, I was I spent half an hour complaining about earlier. <laughs> uh, you'll get to like the outside of this cell, and now and if you meet him that way, he just talks crap about you, basically. Yeah, like ah, yes, yeah. another one of these unkindled. Your dime a dozen kind of stuff yeah yeah and uh so his relationship to her is really interesting like whether there's any actual genuine affection there i mean um, he keeps her locked up because it's easier to protect her there yeah <laughs> yeah like she she's dangerous yeah and as, as we mentioned uh since she's a merchant we can find these kind of tomes and stuff to learn spells and that's gonna have consequences um we're gonna we're not gonna play out her in, her quest line kind of plays throughout the entire game but we're gonna you can find its natural conclusion pretty quickly for where it's going to go um, and you can make that happen as early as the next area. So when we get to the next area, we're going to finish up her. Uh, we're going to talk about her quest line and the different ways it can go. Right. Uh, if you, I like if you go to her cell and like try to open it and then go back, his dialogue changes. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's like, oh, you like poking around in cells, huh? <laughs> well, I'm not letting her out. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It is. Uh, it is a cool relationship. And she is. She's one of the better NPCs in the game, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, just past him is this tower. Um, this is where the archer is at. So this is, you know, it behooves you to go here before you go to the woods, uh, if you're interested in that, but we get a lot of surprises here, um, (laughs) real quick, just to get out of the way, um, going down is the critical path. Right. And, uh, down there we fight an outrider knight, um, which is a really tough fight. It's kind of like a mini vort. Yes. Um, an an ice knight. And that actually takes the next area. Don't fight vort again. Yes. (laughs) Do do not fight (laughs) tight. Uh, yes. Uh, the, so we'll talk about that area next episode there's not a lot to talk about the fight mm-hmm. there and uh i want to get that out of the way so we can concentrate on the rest of these tower hijinks because this is more interesting <laughs> yeah. yeah that fight um, is a pain it is like, i mean I, it is definitely a pain yeah and i always end up just like running through opening the door there's a bonfire right on the other side yeah and fighting him kind of from there no because you get the uh Arithel sword so it's like apparently a good sword yeah. um to use so it is uh uh it's worth 
fighting him, but I like having the bonfire right there as well because he's really tough. Um, and it's mostly the same way that enemies get kind of when enemies are tough in an annoying way in this game it is because they have they can't stagger and they have unlimited stamina, and that's uh that's how I feel about the Outrider Knight. Yeah, in general. Um, as you're approaching this elevator, though, um, you see uh, the elevator descend, and on it is uh, Sigmire. <laughs> or apparently. ascends. He was down there uh, poking around oh, with, right. with a guy. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's yeah. a it is a it is a guy. Uh, the, this whole like it's it's lit to be this amazing reveal too. This place is yeah. full of candles, and you know here he is, you know center composed, you know at the top of the staircase, descending yes. like he's fucking rose from Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> it's our old friend, the Onion Knight, the uh, the mascot. The second mascot for Dark Souls, uh, Sigmeier, <laughs> even though, and when you talk to him, he has the same voice. Uh, and, you know, mm, mm, His accent's uh, a little bit thicker. He's, he's a little bit more German. Yeah. Because yeah, this is a uh, Sigvard, or, uh, as opposed to Sigmeier. Yes. Um, yeah. And he's having some trouble figuring out this this lift. He's, he saw where the arrows were coming from. He thought he could uh, uh, deal with the threat, um, but uh, he is just having trouble. He cannot. Well, he says up. that he says the elevator only goes down. Yes. Yes. Uh, and we figure out this puzzle mm -hmm. pretty quick. Um, it is, you know, the elevator, you can send the elevator down and get on top of it. Um, send it down without actually getting on it. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a two level um, elevator. Um, yeah, but the game actually hinted it kind of nicely because you can right when you get into there you can see the top of the elevator move up yeah oh yeah the, uh, you can see the little switch on it the upper platform um if you if you go down you know say, okay well i'll check this out see where he came from there might, there might be something down there and you come back up he's gone yes um so he figured it out <laughs> yep he uh because you know when when you went down he saw the he saw the top of it and you know when you went back up you triggered it to go up um and so, yeah <laughs> So you do the same thing. You head up. Um, you hear him mm, as you go on your way up, which is your hint to, to do something else. But first, we're going to go up and talk to this giant, the most deep and complex NPC in the game, um, <laughs> who is just, again, is just here to remind us of Hawkeye Go. Mm Hawkeye -hmm. um, Goff. Like, there's a... You, you have it. It is, like, the the minimalism of this encounter is comical. Like, it is literally... It's, it's like the Fallout 4 hate newspaper. Thing. like your dialogue has been reduced to fallout four levels people um can you imagine that like you just you talk to him and it, he's just like uh uh i can't remember his his greeting but you're it is like uh make peace or deny or something like that yeah and then uh you just say make peace which you don't have to do anything you just say make peace and he just says good friend no hit and then when you talk to him he goes i help anytime uh and that's it yeah. And there are people like when, something that is generally true about the Dark Souls three lore. Like there are people out there who are seriously supposing that this guy is like related to Hawkeye Go or something like that. Like there is nothing to him. Yeah. Like it is it is just this weird way that like a lot of the little lorelets in this game uh, just don't add to anything. Right. Like you can make these little connections like, oh, maybe this person is this person's uncle or this person is related to this person. But it doesn't make the story richer. Like there's nothing there for it. You know, mm -hmm. like it doesn't add anything. It kind of drives me crazy. Like it is something that again, I'll, it will come out in the season, but this is a, a really good example of like, you can spend a lot of time kind of doing Mad Libs lore stuff on this game, but there's not, you're not going to, as far as I can tell, and it's not like I have perfect information, but I can't see what that would add to the story. Like this is actually being related to somebody we know. I don't know how that makes this story richer or better. Mm -hmm. Um, 
it's just it's just there to be like oh remember the demons remember Siegmeier? remember hawkeye goff like yes yes yeah. i do here we are it's worth noting that he appears he looks more similar to the slave giants from sen's fortress than he does uh to hawkeye go he kind of has the the, the same green pallor he's covered with chains um things like mm-hmm. that but he, he he functions like a hawkeye go yeah, he's an archer too. So I mean, that's yeah. that's the big reason why people are saying. I'm not saying that he is like Hawkeye. Go. Mm-hmm. I'm saying he's not. I'm just saying that it's something that I've read. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, also holding Hawkeye's ring. Yeah. Yes. You're right. Exactly. Which is the <laughs> other reason why you might think it's him. And there's something to that. He's holding his ring. He's an archer. He's a giant. Um. But what does that do? You know, like what is what is putting in that lore connecting work actually getting you? You know, yeah. other than just like oh, like I guess he's that guy. <laughs> It gives me little ASMR tingles in the back of my brain, Gary, because he's Hawkeye's <laughs> grandson. Hawkeye <laughs> and Lord's Blade Ciaran fell in love, had a very uncomfortable <laughs> pregnancy, and now this is the baby. <laughs> I just it it kind of drives me crazy. Like reading that stuff kind of it doesn't like it doesn't make me mad. It is just a, I, it feels like a lot of of work for nothing to me. Yeah. Um not all the time. It's not like all I'm saying that about every single lore lit in Dark Souls 3. But a lot of the stuff that a lot of words are being spilled on stuff like that, yeah. that I just don't think uh, add up to much. I think this is just here as an Easter egg. Yeah. Hashtag um, Gary hates Dark Souls. <laughs> yeah, I think, sure. Um, um, like this is a part of the game I don't like. He gives um, you he, he gives you a, a white branch that doesn't uh, doesn't stack with the others because it has a unique description. He's written, you know, friend, no hit on it and, yes. and apparently uh when, as long as you have that in your inventory he can see that and know not to uh know not to attack you mm-hmm. i thought you had to use it at first yeah which would have been a real bummer because you can't move very fast when you're white branched mm-hmm. um i help yeah. anytime um so <laughs> you've you've solved the puzzle you've turned off the turret yes right like this is a, a functionally just a turret you've turned it off great um you uh you head down the the elevator there's an area you can jump off the elevator halfway up as clued um, by the yeah. hmm. Mm. Mm. um and we see uh sigward uh sitting looking down on this kind of town square with this giant bonfire in the middle and a demon tromping around in big wide circles yeah um and sigward says like hey i've seen him he is way way too tough um <laughs> you know we have to really consider our approach carefully uh he, he also says i figured out the secret of that inscrutable lift which yeah. <laughs> to me just screams of elevator gate like i'm not saying that yeah. to make people mad but like <laughs> it, it does sound like he's addressing dark souls too <laughs> yeah. uh, the uh and uh so you you can just sit here and wait forever if you like um but if you go attack um Sigurd, uh gets dragged in yeah he always comes and helps you yeah no no you should have waited yes yeah <laughs> we waited for what man yeah um uh, but this and, this guy's like the demon fire sage of the stray demon yes yeah and he and Sig- sigurd can more or less fight him alone <laughs> um but you guys end up working together to fight him off and it's pretty fun yeah so so that's the thing um it, it's a it's a great fight you know it is it's a like a co-op mini boss almost mm-hmm. i love sigurd in comparison to sigmire you know like mm-hmm. as we know him if he, if he was just a straight quote it'd be the other way around you would be chasing after him right um sigurd is hyper competent but incredibly cautious whereas sigmire is not very cautious um and also kind of not very competent i, you know, you I have don't to kind think of like that... oh good yeah like the rest of Sigurd's uh, quest line, I don't think makes him hyper competent at all. Hmm. Like his next two encounters are just him getting fucked over by easy traps. Hmm. Like hmm. this is the, this is, and he also couldn't figure out the elevator. Like he's okay. He's good at fighting. Yeah. 
which like Siegmeier was was fine at fighting too. Yeah, he just I, couldn't fight for those things in poison. Yeah, I just you know? yeah, I I always ran into like him dying in combat, which was my, you know, how that yeah. ended for me most of the time. Yeah, I, I do mean, think this is like a invert an intentional inversion of the Siegmeier thing, like yeah. rushing it, like, like rushing in to save you instead of you rushing in to save him. This individual encounter with the demon is. Yeah. Every other encounter is just you getting him out of trouble, which is what you always do with with Siegmeier too. Like it is it is more quote than not quote. Okay. Um, you know, and it's just like because they, and we'll talk about him when they come up. Like you're gonna run into this guy in the future. This is the start of a quest line uh that I've thought about almost more than I've thought about anything else in Dark Souls 3. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but it is not I do, I don't buy that it is, a, and we can we can talk about it then. And I'm not if you think you can feel free to disagree. Like I'm not yeah. trying to bully you out of it, but uh, I don't think it is an inversion or commentary on Siegmeier. Yeah, um, I, you know, at least this introduction, this in, this introduction, it shows you something like, oh, this is totally going to be, um, you know, the same thing over again. Um, and then you know your first encounter with him is not, and even if he falls back into it, the only reason I'm not going into it like further is because it does entail talking about these things that we're just going to have to get to later. Yeah. You know, yeah. So. at this point, I, at this point in the game, I thought I was with you. So if I put myself in like the, I don't have later knowledge. I thought of this idea of this like version of Siegmeier as being like competent and helping me out of things was cool. And I wish they had done that. Hmm. Um, but they don't, um, until, the, until the very, very end. Yeah. Yeah. Until, <laughs> yeah. Until, but for most of his quest line, it is just Siegmeier too. Um, Speaking yeah. of uh, foreshadowing, this is also, uh, I think, our first glimpse of like an Isolith style demon. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And we get to see that they look different now, which is going to become important later. Like they're kind yeah. of like half petrified and gray and colorless. And ashen. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which is going to become important. Um, so it's a, it's a fun fight. Afterwards, he sits down cross-legged. <laughs> and uh, he's tired when you talk to him. And this is the, the one of the hardest times I've laughed in a game. Uh, he gives you an item here, which is a Siegbrow. Yep. <laughs> Leave it to Sigvard to discover uh, a drink that even the undead can enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> and also, this makes me want this as a physical artifact. I want that instead of chicken wings. No, no, this fucking uh, this fucking resin Estes block. Oh, sure. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it's it's barrel shaped and it's perfect for travel in its jolly barrel mug. It is very funny. Yep. Like the idea that uh, there's a beer that's branded after this guy <laughs> in this world. Like even even there's beer in this world. Yep. That's already kind of kind of funny and weird for Dark Souls. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why I wouldn't think there would be, but like, okay, people in Dark Souls are sitting around drinking beer. All right. <laughs> yeah. um, but there's a specific kind that is branded to this guy's like mm-hmm. family name. Well, what I want um, actually is uh, for somebody to do a Photoshop. This would be very easy just to Photoshop of Schrader Brow from Breaking Bad, yeah. except is, with uh, the Onion Knight on it. It is a lot like Trader Bro. And it, it's it's really funny. It's very funny, but it is it is super goofy. Like it, it I laughed, but it it was audacious and I can't say that it like didn't like it did take me out of it a little bit. Like it's super goofy and it just like communicates that tone. I keep saying that like Dark Souls 3 is a really funny game. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is a goofy, goofy game. Yeah. Um there's seed bro in it <laughs> it just it said so much about this guy to me that you know it's yeah. like after after he toasts you he gives you the toast gesture and says ah now to take a nap after anybody would do after a good toast and he's like a light <laughs> and if you talk to him then you get the sleep gesture mm-hmm. which i really like learning how to sleep from watching somebody sleep <laughs> oh that's star like man like yeah <laughs> like jesus christ he's furiously um, taking notes <laughs> um 
you kind of uh, you kind of move through the rest of this area. Interesting little trivia thing I found out: this uh, bonfire in the middle, you can put it out hmm. by smashing the kindling. Uh, it does nothing, as far as I can tell. I tried doing it during the boss fight to see if it would weaken the demon, hmm. and uh, it doesn't, yeah. as far as I can tell, do anything. Yeah. Um, and you can climb up this building. There's a it's it's guarded by two uh, two evangelists, and that's where you get the the Flynn ring, mm-hmm. um, which you know plays pretty good considering the equip burden. Is There's so no weird reason to wear any clothes right. in this game, yeah, um, or wear to wear the lightest clothes you possibly can. Um, and then you get to the top that you fight a couple of evangelists. You go to the top of this tower, um, and you drop down this tower, and this is where uh, we find Lucatiel's clothing, hmm. um, which suggests that uh, she ended here um, because. Hey, her her sword is inside the tree, and her clothing is at the bottom of this tower. And you also find the chloranthi ring, uh, which I saw a lot of people having and didn't find until my most recent run through, which yeah. is really embarrassing. It's hidden behind some crates. Yeah, I, uh, I had no idea you could get uh, uh, Lucatiel stuff here. Yeah, you have to jump. Uh, you have to go down that tower, so you either need fall control or you have to make a running jump onto a like a jutting mm-hmm. little platform to survive the fall. Yeah, and then you're in that outer ring of the tower, and I think that's where there's a homeward bone, and then. Like, but there's a way inside the tower proper, hmm. and that's where Lucatiel's stuff and the ring are. Okay. Well, you, you you fall down inside the tower. You can leave the tower and get a homeward bone, or you can just walk off a ledge and end up right at the. You're right at the boss, um, outside at the bottom of this tower. Hmm. You're right at the uh, the building with the curse rotted greatwood. Yep. That area where the evangelist patrols up and down. Yeah, is where is where this it lets out. Hmm. So, yeah, I like this area a lot. It's uh like it's like a big collection of different scenes. Um, I like how nonlinear it is. Pretty good. Will, mm-hmm. what did you think? Oh, uh, I like it. I I love how sprawling and kind of deep. Like when you if you actually like looked at a map of it, it's not super big. Like if you just want started from the beginning and just ran to the curse rotted greatwood, or ran to the uh the tower that leads to the next area, mm-hmm. it's not like a super long area. No, but it feels dense. <laughs> Like the the whole area that you get to through Sigvert's quest, or you know, fo- following that is gigantic. It's really huge. Yeah, you know, as a cool optional, like very optional area, like fairly well hidden area. Um, I re- I really love it too. Like this is this is a great great area, and the density, um, and the density of NPC quest lines in this area. Like you you start four of them in this area, uh, three of which have significant tails to them like there's nothing really with with uh the pyromancer but after that other than that like everyone else has a lot of stuff to them really lends to this kind of design philosophy that i think permeates the entire game which is uh density and you are meant to go through it multiple times like you are going to miss kind of things on your first run through this area so you're going to go through it again and get the rest of the stuff you know like if you Um, consider it in in terms of like just how many discrete like encounters there are like you have like that opening dog gate then you have the creepy building the mm-hmm. town square with the evangelist and then just yep. i just in terms of like number of set pieces it's huge yeah there there are more than than most areas in recent memory yeah more than than the high wall of lothric which is also very dense for an opening souls game area so it kind of communicates something about these later areas is that there aren't very many of them kind of by number but they are very thick um which is cool um and it's going to uh it change the shape of the way that I played and is going to change the shape of the season a little bit, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, Will, thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you guys for having me. This was a blast. Yeah. I appreciate it. Hopefully I'm sorry if I talked over you and stuff, I just got excited. I didn't mean to. <laughs> I was just, I'm just so mad at you now. Gary. <laughs> oh, God, geez, take this home. <laughs> where, <laughs> where, uh, where, where can people find you? Will? uh, you can find my writing on the AV club, you know, 
theavclub.com or just avclub.com. God, I'm bad at that part. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, if you search William Hughes AV Club, you'll come to my contributor page. You can see my reviews, see the thousand news wires I write every day, read my and occasional poor attempts at jokes and bad photoshops. Those are good, good photoshops. <laughs> like good, good, bad photoshops. I, I think a bad photoshop I like more than a good photoshop. Like in general, it's like oh, um, yeah. it's like drumming. Like, I was I was very sad when uh, Fox canceled the grinder recently, not because mm -hmm. I watched the grinder, but because when they made the casting announcement, I took a picture of like a hoagie and just photoshopped <laughs> Rob Lowe and Fred Savage's heads onto it. And it was so happy. You could still that could be your like profile picture on social media. <laughs> it's true. The or your your social media picture on Grinder. Um, <laughs> So, you could you could you could purple phantom the the website we call grinder just by going on there as a concept account <laughs> summon me i'm a wild card then you um, show up with a paper bag with a sandwich in it here you go yeah it's a delivery service <laughs> they never yeah, know which yeah, one they're gonna get yeah. Uh, <laughs> um yeah, I, I appreciate appreciate you coming on the show and i appreciate uh you being a friend and a roommate um <laughs> i got white <laughs> uh, next time uh, we will be talking about the road of sacrifices um, the guest is like literally hours away from confirming so look at social media it won't be uh, a surprise mm -hmm. episode hopefully hours away from confirming yeah. um, and it's a cool guest yes so excited about that mm -hmm. um, if you have things to say about the road of sacrifices you can hit us up at duckfeed.tv forward slash contact Yes, um, we get lots of responses. We can't read them all, but uh, you know, kind of cherry pick them. Uh, two paragraphs or so is definitely the right way to do that. Yes, um, and as always, um, re responses to the specific area or very unique stories are welcome uh, over general review. Yes. So uh, we all know you like Dark Souls three. We all like <laughs> Dark Souls three. Um, we're just going to assume that if you're writing into the Dark Souls podcast, uh, <laughs> you know you like Dark Souls, so we don't need to know that. Yeah. Um, but we do want. Yes. <laughs> that hashtag campaign i will end it there's no way to end a hashtag campaign nope um that's true uh well that's fine the, uh, the signal yeah exactly information wants to be free every watch underscore dogs um, uh, <laughs> um uh, to support the show you can go to patreon.com or yeah patreon.com slash duckfeed tv or check mm -hmm. out uh, duckfeed.tv slash tip jar for uh, further ways to uh, to help us out yeah and it is all uh greatly appreciated mm -hmm. um yeah so that, that's probably good for admin uh cole what should they do until next time um they should figure out this uh troublesome lift umbasa umbasa awesome. and we all pray that we will have far more soon 